What's happening, y'all? This is episode three of Rabona Boys. This is your boy Nick Solo, aka Christian Soldan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> aka Young Sounder. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? It's your boy Vince Scully, aka No No Torre. Cause mm. I can't think of nothing else but saying no no. I'm trying to go to sleep. You understand what I'm saying? Another I'm thing, another thing. In this episode, we got into some good sounder talk. Season's back. Season's back. Real excited for things to come. Yes, sir. Transition over to the Champions League, or at least the Champions League as we knew it back then. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, Man, we... Man, we're recording this intro a little bit later. No, look, look, look. So, so I want to say, look, guys. Yeah, we got we to gotta explain uh, it now. I'm, not good. I'm not good at height and weight. I'm not good at being able to tell what a motherfucker's height is. I'm really bad at telling what a motherfucker's weight is. I just think everybody weighs skinnier than they are, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Also, shout out to my boy, Paul. Hey, Paul, bro, I love you, man. Hey, you're, you're a G, bro. <laughs> You killed it, club days, high school days, everything. You did the thing. You're a fucking ball player. Paul didn't got shout shit out. on. Shout out. Paul didn't <laughs> <laughs> not get shit on, bro. Paul didn't got shit Paul on. Paul made one mistake in his hey, whole career, and hey. I had to talk about it for some reason, bro. Hey, Fuck look, me. Hey, look. <laughs> I'm an hey, asshole. Look, so, so, so we recorded this last weekend. Um, this was before all that European Super League talk came out. Um, understand that we are currently in the process of recording and right. editing. And we a, really want to get ESL. into that stuff. Yes, yes. We have a lot of shit to say, but uh, we just wanted to get out this episode. Um, like I said, we recorded this before all that shit came out, and we, we felt like this was a great episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy. Yeah. And, um, you know, leave some feedback, leave some comments uh, if you can. You know what I'm saying? Just just let us know. Yeah, yeah. Fuck we, with it. We feel like we really got into some good stuff. Give it a try. I know everybody wants to talk about the Super League. Yeah. That episode will be out soon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, listen to what we have to say this episode. Also, follow the socials at Rabona Boys. That's Instagram, Twitter, everything. Rabona Boys, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Right. Here we go. Let's rock. Yes, sir. Alright, I feel as though this is just going to be like a breakdown, right? Oh, first things first. Happy birthday to my guy, Nick Solo. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. 24 years young. Holy shit. Kobe year. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Fuck. I feel old as fuck. Anyways, happy birthday, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Known this guy for a few years. He's a real solid dude. Crazy, man. Anyways. Sounders yesterday. Shout out to them. Yo, you know. Yesterday. That shit was crazy. God, dude, we was wilding. That, that was a good time. Crazy. I can't remember the last time I got that hyped for a Sounders game, and that's including like playoff games. Like, that's call bro, me a fake fan, call me whatever you want. That's bro. how they make me feel. Like, I was, and August part of it was like your energy too, like yeah. being able to watch that with you. That's, like bro. when Freddie Montero scored, bro, we were wild. That, that uh, was lit, dog. That's, like, such a, that's such a story, like bro. Like the original, the guy who scored our first ever MLS goal right. comes back. Hey, and he was tied with Clint Dempsey right. at with like what forty eight goals. I was like our number one ever goal scorer. This man comes back first game, pulls himself ahead, scores and has an assist or at least two assists. Right, incredible. Let me give the viewers a little context mm-hmm. here. So, Vin is 
he's he's like lifelong Sounder fan from day one. Been supporting hardcore, right? Facts. For me, I was supporting the Sounders for like the first two three seasons. Got a little caught up with life and everything. Kind of drifted away from from soccer in general for a little bit. Yeah. Um. So this is this is a cool time for me because, I mean, I got back into Arsenal. I got back into. I fell back in love with footy, but. I never really had that grip with the Sounders again, you know. Yeah. And I, I would, I was, I'm still kind of an EPL snob. Yeah. I'm still kind of like a, yeah, you know, like I love European football. Like yeah. club European ball is so beautiful to watch. MLS is sometimes really hard to watch. Yeah. And so Vin is, Vin is, um, he, he's, he's giving me this little push now to like jump in, <laughs> like both feet, MLS. Like you got, here we if go. you're around me, bro, you got right. To, bro. And I'm excited, bro, because this is gonna be the first season. Because I was. Such a big fan of the Montero, Zakuani, Alonzo days. And and now I'm excited to get back into it. I'm really excited, you know? That's it. Like, like, this was the perfect game yeah. to start this it off, nuts. the reset, bro. This, this is it. I'm like, all in. I'm excited. This is crazy because you, you started literally when we're trying a new formation. Like, this is the first time I feel like we've ever actually actively started a game with a 3-5-2. I think the reason I'm such I'm so rational as a Liverpool fan is because I'm like my emotion comes out with the Sounders. Like I'm a fan of the Sounders. I don't really watch MLS like that. Like the only MLS games I'll watch is the Sounders, mm-hmm. but it's like they bring out such emotion to me. Like I feel as though back then the Sounders were always like a maybe team, nearly team, mm-hmm. only if team. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like we were always close, but we, we still had like dominance. But no there was always like. Another team that was so like, oh, they're the same. Smack us, you know what I'm saying? Like, like even Toronto, you know, like even talking in the last, even in the last MLS Cup final, we made it to the final and like we got shit on by the crew, but low key, everyone could tell. Like I don't know what it is. Sometimes like we have that we we have that energy. And we can talk about that later, but like what it takes to become a championship team, and like sometimes like there, there's there are such things as drama clubs. Like to me, Rome is a drama club. Tottenham's mm-hmm. a drama club. Like, Arsenal's a drama club. <laughs> Arsenal's, Arsenal's turned into a drama. Club. There's always yeah. some bullshit happening. Mm-hmm. Barcelona's turned into a drama club. Always some always some shit happening, right? The Sounders aren't really like that, but they're. It, it, it's interesting taking the journey with them. From being like a startup to hopefuls to contenders mm-hmm. to champions to now to now, but it's crazy because we were always contenders. Too. We were just like cont- only contenders, right? And yeah. then it's like I, I don't know. I was watching the team through then, and I love the team through then. But all of a sudden, <clears throat> excuse me, the the flick switched, and we just started competing for shit and like actually winning shit and now it's like okay now this is turning into instead of just turning into a team that i really like and i like to follow this is turning into a championship team this is turning into a team that is perennially underrated Mm -hmm. and is a perennial contender also something something i want to ask you since you've been following these last few years so obviously we've been contenders for a long time now is this kind of looked at as a rebuild in a sense? Because we've lost some big pieces, uh, right? And like, not really a rebuild because like a restructure. Maybe. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a restructure of the team. So right now, um, we lost our most important attacking player. We mm-hmm. lost like our most aggressive, direct attacking player in Jordan Morris, an aggressive winger. We lost um, our best defensive midfielder in Gustav Svensson, like just a wily old coot, like mm-hmm. just. What did he say? He's he has a saying where he said he's just shoveling the horse shit. Like he's just doing all the bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. 
nasty motherfucker when he gets down to it. But he scored a lot of clutch goals too and shit. We lost Kelvin Leardom, a super underrated fullback, hella technical, hella aggressive, always making the right pass, like just shook a nigga out his shoes one season, like. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Like, I guess we I lost guess, Joven Jones right. too. Who I understand, like a lot of people are angry with. Like I'm kind of mad. It, it yeah, leaves a, a bad Joven Jones. It, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because of you the, watched how he how played in the down. last MLS Cup final, and you knew he was never gonna play for the Sounders again. Mm-hmm. And it sucked because it's like I have that West Indian pride, and like low key, it's like Joven Jones was low key one of the already one of the most underrated fullbacks in Sounders history ever. But low key because of the last game, who knows what his legacy is gonna be. At the club, you know what I'm saying? Let me ask you this. I guess what I'm thinking more is, like, did people have the same expectations for the Sounders going into this season that they did previous seasons? It's grown. It's grown. The expectations oh, are higher oh, this oh, season? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, no, no. I guess... Like, I feel like people are kind of no, underrating no, 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 the Sounders no, a little right. bit this year, and then we came out, out everyone, the everyone hot, else, like, Everyone else doesn't write the Sounders at all. All the preseason notes, all the preseason shit, right. no we were one supposed to be weaker, about the Sounders. Right? Essentially, we're supposed we to be a weaker, weaker team than we last year. We are weaker. Right. We are a weaker team. Just right. off the bat, we just have to approach it like Do, that. So are we still However, considered contenders before this game? Who knows? Because mm-hmm. they, they, they do this every year. Every year we go into the season not knowing how we're going to perform, and we go crazy. Every year that they think we're going to be shit, we go off. Every year they think we're every year they expect us to do incredible, we lose somehow. Mm-hmm. Always Excuse make the me. playoffs, though. Always, always make the playoffs. 12 years, 13 years of running, right? But... I think it's different. The expectation isn't necessarily like it, it's so it's so crazy because to me, Sounders fans are like really nerdy. They get into the technical shit, but then like they also like they they they're also really emotional in that they'll like really get really attached to players too. It's like typical mm-hmm. Seattle shit. Get super That's in dope depth. Though. Get attached to your. Players. You know what I'm saying? I'm no, it's it, they have like a really close bond with the players in my opinion, but it's also like. They're really smart. They are. They pay attention to the club. They pay attention to numbers, stats. They pay attention to the flow of the game. Like, like for some reason, I don't know what it is, but they, it just seems though like they always have like a extra good idea of what should be happening. Mm-hmm. The club has gone to a lot of MLS Cups recently. Recently, and I can't complain. Right. It's 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 been a lot of fun. Yeah. Even even watching even watching us. I mean. I went to Nick's house back when we're up in a tower right now. But back when this man lived down in the dungeon, <laughs> the dungeon we were bro. over. We, were, we, we <laughs> watched. We, we watched the Columbus Crew shit on us, and I I was mad. I have a lot of shit to say to 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 Brian Schmetzer about that shook nigga energy. The way he approached that final was shaky. Like mm-hmm. he he didn't okay, believe in yeah, himself. I remember you talking about it that in shook. the moment too. That like, same shit that I said Jurgen Klopp did and then we can, we're going to get into Jurgen Klopp didn't and his Did you call that like right before it happened too? Like in the game you said if we come out doing blah 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 then we're going to lose. Yes. Lose. I remember you saying something like that. I don't quite remember exactly what you said, <laughs> but like you really called that like I said I said we weren't going to start Ariaga. I knew that, but I said if we started Joven Jones and Alex Roldan we were going to lose. Because Brian Spencer is the type of coach where he goes on, he goes on like a, on like this thing where it's form, it's the players that he has right now. He goes off of trust. He's he's kind of the old school American coach in that way, right? Like not too many European coaches really have that touch. I think Zidane has that touch. I think Alex Ferguson had that touch. Just knowing when to trust guys. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. However, I think he got too caught up in that because um, it, he had his he had his formation with Joven Jones and Alex Roldan. 
uh, filling in for Gustav Svensson and Kelvin Leardon. And I know Jovan Jones and, Kel- and Gustav Svensson don't play the same position, but Christian, Rod- Christian Rodon is the variable between the two that connects them. So we had this crazy comeback versus Minnesota in the Western mm. Conference Final. Yeah, we watched that right? too, yeah. It was nuts. That was a it's fun game. Craziest comeback you've ever seen, right? right? Yeah. Uh, we're down. We're like just getting shit we on. Just and came then, out hot out the gates. And, and and we scored, what, four goals in 20 remember. minutes? I really don't remember, but yeah, it was but crazy. But guess who was on the field when we scored four goals in 20 minutes? It wasn't Jovan Jones and Alex Rodon who started the game. It was Gustav Svensson mm. and Kelvin Le- when, when Gustav Svensson and Kelvin Leardom came on. And had both subbed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that was the turning point. The team point. I started that. playing they excellently. Got subbed on, and it was like day and the, night. The like, team started playing excellently when they came on. Right. Right. Yeah. But Brian Schmetzer said, "Okay, we won this game. Let's. I'm, I'm going to go back to the same formation team that I started with, and we're getting mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, clearly everything started gelling together way better when Svensson was out there and when Lurdon was out there. Mm-hmm. Especially with a team like the Crew." who they rely on this number 10, but they have a forward that'll stretch you. They have wingers. They have fullbacks that are crazy. Like, it's a passing team. It's very intricate, but you just need you need guys who are smart, who are experienced. Okay. Gustav Svensson and Kelvin Leardon were smart, experienced, wily old guys. Mm-hmm. So, smart. So how do, we, how do we fill those responsibilities going forward, I no guess? No one knows. We haven't done it. So we have, but the thing, so... We, we, lo- we lost Jordan Morris. We lost mm-hmm. Gustav Svensson. We lost Kelvin Leardon. So now what's happening is we don't have a direct wing threat now. We don't have it. So now what we have to do is completely change our style to not need a direct wing threat. Well, what do what do the Sounders mm-hmm. have that they what do what have the Sounders always had a, a shit ton of fullbacks, D mids and fullbacks, but fullbacks. Yeah, we have a shit ton of fullbacks. We have more really good leftbacks on our team than than in t- than the entire Eastern Conference probably has in like their top three top three teams. Like and that might be talking shit, and I know I am, but I I'll take I'll take a I'll take a stable of New Who Brandon uh, Brad Smith and Jimmy Madronda over any other left back squadron in the league. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But New Who's always been that more defensive guy. He's about six foot, maybe touching it, big right? Build, but though. he's big, build, big build, shoulders. Yeah. He's long guy. legs, super no fast, bullshit, like. no bullshit, incredible defender. Brad Smith, about the five uh, ten, super fast, super. You know, just just just. How that. tall is Ariaga? Uh, six one. Okay, so we we've got a pretty Doesn't short matter. back line. Seattle's a short team. Yeah, Seattle's a short team regardless. Mm-hmm. So so the fact that like. Knew who isn't gonna make it as a center back on some of these other teams just because of his height. This is still America. Your size determines a lot of shit on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Sounders are a small team. We've always had a big, big ass center backs. So that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? John Kennedy, John Kennedy, Hurtado, um, Chad Marshall, Jimmy Trier is tall as shit. Uh, Roman Torres, big as fuck. Yeah, Jamar. he was a giant. <laughs> I remember. I remember we had Jaleel Anibaba. Oh, man, he man, he has so much potential. Anyways, how big um, was Chad Marshall back? In the day? Chad Marshall, what six two, okay. solid one seventy. He didn't look big. He wasn't like the most athletic, but he, he, he was, was a big presence on the he field. Was though, big, like, no, he's a big motherfucker. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. Corn fed. You know what I'm saying? But Seattle's always been a generally smaller team. But 
our most direct attacking threat now is our fullbacks. Alex yeah, Rodon. It's cool. How the only reason Alex Rodon transition. probably didn't wasn't trusted, or I didn't trust Alex Rodon, was because he that was his first season playing as mm. a fullback. Yeah, he was a midfielder before. Yeah, he, he and that he made that transition that season, right? He, as a, he had into not, a fullback role. So he's luckily just, just throw him to the wolves in a playoff right, game. Like right, it was, right. I mean, I mean, he was look. He was great. He had his application. That maybe it's a Rodon family thing because, like, you know, his older brother is known for just working his ass off for the team. But Alex is is smart in that he's adapted. Like it's it's, it's damn near the same trait where. Christian Roldan started in like 2015 and everyone's expecting, okay, well, he's just going to get a couple of minutes. But this kid was smart, mm-hmm. figured out how to do things, figured out how to keep shit simple. Speaking of kids that kept shit simple, shout out to Josh Atencio. Mm. You couldn't even tell that that he was a rookie. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't tell this guy was a homegrown, like really a, good, a yeah. teenager. I was, I was texting my friend, shout out Moose. Yeah. Um, last night I was so like hyped about that game. And I was just texting him. I was like, yo, like, like, same thing. I was just saying, like, this is my first season back. Like, I'm excited. And Moose is a Bruh. big, like, Sounders guy. Like, Bro, this is, this is a fresh start. That's what I was saying is, like, I'm so excited about this team because it's, like, it's it's poetic that we have Freddie Montero back. Back all of a sudden. You know? And then also our midfield. Ladero's like, out injured, and yet our this midfield is, still goes call crazy. Call me. I'm, I'm in the Zhao Fiu. Or Zhao Fiu. Oh, Zhao Paulo. <laughs> I'm in the Zhao Yo, Paulo shout out stand Zhao Paulo club, bro. Yo. What a beautiful goal. Goal of the season. You, first week did one. You, like, did you see how he just controlled it? Like, he just, he just oh, let dude, it tap his the foot. The gentlest feather touch into a full volley. Top bins. I thought he side-footed that. I thought he he trapped it with the side of his foot because you know how like with the heavier shit sometimes you might trap it with the side of your foot versus like you know versus the your toes and shit. Yeah. And this man just feathers it down mm-hmm. into the sky. Didn't touch the ground. Full volley. Gets the full wind up. His the in full wind up. I swear to God, this man's foot was behind his fucking neck. That's how <laughs> that's how hard. Yeah, he, he was. He, he winded up to hit that. He bitch. hit that straight in the cr- yo. And then and then, do you see him like Beeline, low key lean? Do you see him low key right to that lean from end. right to left? Loki pulled a ball over like mm. over into the corner so so the keeper couldn't even hit it. Like like just that pull, bro. Just having keeper, the presence of mind. He was not ready for it. Like, Sell, and that keeper is damn good. Up. We talked about that too. Dane like. St. Clair, shout out to him. I'm telling you, if Trey Muse doesn't work out for the Sounders, they need to get Dane St. Clair. I sound like a Chelsea fan right now. <laughs> I swear to God, bro. We we like he's incredible. If he doesn't end up being a, what is he Canadian? If he doesn't end up being an international, within the next few years, something has gone wrong. That kid is incredible. So, but but what I was talking to Moose about too is like. Yeah, like, we got Freddie Montero back. It's beautiful to see that. Him scoring that goal uh-huh. was, like, that was the perfect restart for me as Fuck a Sounders that. fan. Did you see the assist? The assist was beautiful. Remember we told well, you. Hockey assist. Remember but I told you, he's a, he's a Trek Artista. He mm-hmm. likes to... We want to see him playing that forward, number 10 role this year. But, but he could switch to that number 10 role. And I feel mm-hmm. like because he's older and because the pressure is not on him, whenever he subs onto the, to the field... Instead of being a trequartista, he just drops back like five or ten yards, and now he's a number ten, pulling those same passes, hitting those same long range shots. Because this man, bro, and, and I don't know if you, you might, I think you stopped watching when long hair. I stopped watching like consistently after Yedlin's first season. 
Oh, okay. So, so you watched through like Eddie Johnson and shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, okay, I was okay, through okay. Eddie Johnson. So you remember? Eddie, like... You remember? Yes, blonde hair Eddie was nuts, right? Mm-hmm. But speak. All, speaking of a player that was going nuts, do you remember long hair Freddie Montero? Yeah, that's when yeah. he went from a kid to a golden god. Oh, I, man, think that was, I think that was the, <laughs> like the nickname they had for him was the golden god. He mm-hmm. went crazy. Mm-hmm. That is the Freddie Montero that I think, without any pressure on him. Because he only started snapping once there wasn't that pressure. Once once the Sounders got a forward that was on his level or better than him mm-hmm. in Eddie Johnson. They didn't like each other, but low-key, right around that time was when he was snapping. They got him another guy to kind of take that pressure off him, and he just went crazy. He was really good for Vancouver, especially the first year where he wasn't the main guy. Like, they made him the main guy eventually, but, like, when he wasn't the main guy that first year, he was great for him. He had 13 goal involvements as, like, a 30-something-year-old. He's, he's like, what, 33 now? Yeah, he's, he's going to be a super sub. Like, you saw that pass he made. You saw the, beautiful. the goal. You saw you saw the movement and the, the goal he yeah, had. Dude, the pass just perfectly weighted on the money, splitting the defense, and then the goal to take that on the volley, oh the confidence, God, like side net. Bro, that's some shit you see in Europe, bro. He looked like Rui Diaz. Like, <laughs> like, it, was, it was that automatic, that quick. And I was like, damn, he gelled that fast. Some guys Yo, just have the instincts. Shout out to Will Bruin running around, the dancing bear. Big, burly. Everyone thinks he's going to lose the ball. This man was passing and moving. He looked he looked like Olivier Giroud out there. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. This, yeah, this yeah, the whole play. Well, the he, he had that assist to, or was it, yeah, the cutback goal? The, that the was cut him, back right? to Raul. Perfect. Like, that's team football. Like, that is beautiful to watch. I, that unselfishness, like, just to know when to make that right pass, that right play. Like, we, Seattle, I love to see that. Seattle like, I'll has, watch the Sounders all day for bruh, that. Seattle's had, for some reason, right, as a club, I feel as though we've always focused on our D-mids and our... We always focus on our D-mids and our goalkeepers mm. as a team. But for some reason, we've always had nutso strikers. Like, yeah. always. Always, yeah. Always. Like, well, we've, we've Martins, gone through a Clint lot. Dempsey, like, he, he did well. So, starting from the top, Freddie Montero. Mm-hmm. Um, then even fucking Roger Levesque became a fuck Roger Levesque Super became a, a, a cult a cult hero mm-hmm. because he was pretty good at that shit. Then we got Eddie Johnson. Then we got uh Obafemi Martins with Eddie Johnson. Then we got Clint Dempsey to to, to team up with Obafemi Martins. Uh now we got Raul Ruiz Diaz to replace mm-hmm. Clint Dempsey. You know as my saying? as my guy Moose said the Peruvian Pele. I uh, love that. I mean, <laughs> That's bro, beautiful. He, yeah, that no alliteration out the ass. But <laughs> Now, now we got Freddie Montero. Well, well, we 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 gave uh, Rui Diaz a partner, well, not a partner, but a but a substitute in in Bruin, who brings a completely different style. But he's an incredible. But they striker. have a beautiful. Seattle's dynamic, always had like, really good strikers that are super underrated. Shout out to um, who Nate Jaqua. They got Obafemi Martins to team up with Eddie Johnson. Clint then Dempsey. They got Clint Dempsey to team up with Obafemi Martins. Then when Obafemi Martins left, they were like, "Fuck it, we got Jordan Morris." Let's build this kid up. Okay, well, it turns out he got injured. Then they were like, fuck it. Let's not turn him into a striker. Let's make him a winger. Got another striker, Rui Diaz. Morris is scoring striker amounts of goals on the wing. And then we have Rui Diaz, who's just ridiculous as a striker. Then you get Will Bruin, who just brings a huge physical, but like a like a like like an Olivier Giroud. Like, I, remember, like, I remember we were watching the game, like too. Whole, like, 
we were talking about just the dynamic of the two. Like yeah. that you you said yourself, you were like they link up so they well link together. So well. When Seattle, they play on the field together, it's they they get so much chemistry. Like, the the like the, the best the best sounder teams have always had like legendary forward. Like not want to say legendary forward, whatever, but they've always had like a really good forward connection. Um, there was there was like the. There used to be That's something true. called That's like the drift true, between man. Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins. Like they, they were just who else played up together. top with Montero in the OG days? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Freddie Lundberg. Um, Lundberg was Blazing, like a shout midfielder. Out, shout out to Blazing Kufo. He he scored the first ever Sounders hat trick. Shout out Roger Levesque, uh Kenny Cooper. Were we just playing a one striker guys on the formation? Fringe. A lot of the t- we. I this can't might remember. Be the first bro, time, that was so long ago. <laughs> this, might be the, this might be the first time in like five six years that we're playing a two striker formation. No right no now. no, because Seriously. we had Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins. I remember that. Like, yeah, that was... and Obafemi Martins left in the 2015 season. Okay, <laughs> that was six years ago. Okay, I guess wow, time flies, huh, bro? But that's what happened how after that though. So that we just had Clint Dempsey and a single strikers. Um, formation? No, we, uh, no, we we had Nico Ladero. We uh, yeah, points, but he's always been like a shadow had, underneath yeah, guy. At like different points, we had Marco Papa. We had shout out to Lamar Nagel. He yeah, hey, federal way. Shout out, shout out to hey. all my fed heads. You know, <laughs> yeah. Lamar Nagel. Thanks yeah, for coming yeah, to our yeah. practice. Shout out Vlad for asking for free jerseys <laughs> at, at practice. Uh, you know, uh, you know that nigga, huh? bro, <laughs> bro. He came to TJ. All right, let me tell this story real quick. He came to TJ Sox because he's TJ alum. Shout out to the Raiders. Yeah. Um, and so trash. we, we were all practicing. He shows up and he's just like watching. We're like, yo, that's Lamar Nagel. Like, hold on. What? Like, uh, and he's like, yeah, he, he was talking to us after the, and he was like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I played here. Like you take a lot of pride in being a Raider, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, we had like some, we, we always practice penalties because the last like two years we had lost, we got knocked out of state because you, of penalties. You, you niggas was England. Bro. <laughs> shout out to my guy. Shout out to my guy, Paul McCleary. Mm-hmm. Um, his freshman year. Oh, why do I know that name? Go on. I've talked about him before. Go on. Um, I, and so I remember, uh, freshman year, TJ was, uh, it was an elimination game and they had a penalty and nobody want, nobody took nobody it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. And so practiced. Paul took it as a freshman. Real nigga shit. Yeah. And he... Sadly, he missed it. Paul, an, <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul is an incredible player, though. Like, yo, like Paul, holy fuck. Paul, Paul, Paul has D one potential, right? But I don't, bro. It's it's not. It's nobody's fault. No, but, the but rest shout of the out team. to him for having the balls. It's to nobody's step up, fault right? but the rest of the team, right? Wow, a freshman having a freshman being the that's one to step ballsy. Up. That's ballsy. And so, you and it, somebody the and then the next year, like shit. knocked out in penalties, like just TJ had this reputation of just choking on the penalties, right? And so our coach that year was like, "We're taking, we're doing penalties after every single practice." And, and How is that not just a normal part of soccer practice dude, in every does single? That shit. I know, nobody but it's does so that weird. Shit. It's so weird. <laughs> like, it's like, no, no. I I love Paul though. Like. Paul Paul probably could have played at a D one program if he wanted to. He just didn't pursue. He was more focused on his academics. He went to UW. Smart He's shit. in med school now. Shout yeah, out Paul. Um, great yeah. great captain for TJ by the way. Yeah. Um, and so, Clearly. but I just remember we were, we were doing penalties and Lamar Nagel steps up, just cool calm collected like just there passes it in the net like Bruh. you can't touch him. And then he's just talking to us after the game and blah blah blah. There's like, like little random shit about soccer. That like you don't really notice unless you just obsess over the shit a little too much, right? And I feel like 
the shit that I love a really good penalty taker. It's that's dude, so it's, weird. It's got that swag and random. <laughs> like especially especially if you look like you like you don't give a fuck. There's two different type of penalties that I love. Either A, you look like you don't give a fuck. Or B, you're angry as shit and you put that shit in the top corner hey, or right next to hey, the keeper's let me, face. Let me brag a little bit because I played as a we played a diamond back, so I was like the the stopper, like slash holding mid slash upper center back role. Yeah. And so um, I didn't get end. a lot of penalties, but but one thing Coach Dave said was because he was so fed up with losing penalties, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, he's like every single practice we're taking penalties. You pick one spot and you go there every single every time, fucking time, bro." The fucking arrogance of me, I was like, I'm going top right. And bro, <laughs> you better <laughs> see, make that. Bro, senior year, I was four for four on penalties. Oh, top right, bro. Top right. We had that shit down, bro. But yeah, so Sounders fans know that's that that's that Joven Jones penalty. Yeah. <laughs> but um so Lamar Nagel comes out, just passes in the net, some light, whatever. We had good goalkeepers too. We yeah. had we had a guy who played for the Sounders Academy. Oh, he always he played for the Sounders Academy teams. and he just decided to not play that year because he wanted to play high school ball. And mm. and, and we had another guy, uh Wicho, and <laughs> Coach Dave called him El uh, El Gato because he was the cat, bro. He's this big, burly Mexican oh, dude. But the Gato, reflexes are nothing I've ever seen in my life That's before. Sick. Bro, but and then so Lamar Nagel's talking to us, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's probably will be a Raider, blah, blah. Vlad, the fucking clown, bro. He's so funny. He goes, man, so is this when you bring out all the free jerseys or anything? Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, you know, TJ Pride. Um, body shit. No, you just got ass. me. You got me reminiscing when you mentioned that. We got a lot of talent in Federal Way. Yes, sir. Keep doing your thing, Fed. Shout we need more them. MLS guys. Shout out Kellen Rowe. Shout out my guy Hassani Dotson. Fuck that. Oh, yeah, no, true. Been true, playing true, with Hassani Dotson since U6, dog. He just played. Blue Thunder, Sonics. the first team I ever played on. Washington Premier. Like, that's I, a real I one. feel like the, so, the Sounders love the Sounders love trying to get home, like players from Seattle so much. Like, excuse me. I feel like at some point they're they're gonna try and get Hassani Dotson. Whether it's sooner to, or later, they're gonna try I and get him. I need to see Hassani Dotson in a Sounders jersey, right? Yeah. yeah. I bet you Lamar Nagel is gonna have a is gonna have something to say about that too. Yeah. Anyways, um, this and is all exciting, my homies though. are playing with him on Tacoma Stars now. This is the first. This is the first time the Sounders have legitimately played with a three man back line like ever in their history. It's, on it, yeah, purpose, it was, like, it was starting out the game. It was cool to see that. On yeah. purpose made fullbacks. Brad Smith needs to do. It's crazy better, how like one guy. Will change losing the whole Jordan Morris exactly. changes everything. Everything. I'm trying to think who usually played on that right side. Joven Jones Joven for a little Jones. bit. Um, they would play Christian Roll down out there. Sometimes. Oh yeah, because huh, we had true. too many that's central true. midfielders yeah. and like we had no right wingers. We still don't have any wingers. That's yeah. that's why we've changed the whole thing. Yeah. So like, and I'm with it. Most, it looked really good. Who's our most attacking player? What player provides the most speed and the most thrust? That's Brad Smith. He's mm-hmm. a fullback. He's not a fu- sorry. He's not a fullback. He's a wingback. He doesn't defend. He doesn't do it very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so low key, hang on. So this this is like the this is like the interconnectedness of soccer. Okay, so you have your attacking fullback now. Like he's he's now he's now your fastest attacking player. He's now your guy who provides the most thrust, the most direct drive. Like dribbles fastest. He's fast as shit. He can't really defend. You also have a left back. Who's pretty good at going forward, but way better at defending. Nobody can pass him. He's probably he might end up being world class. Like he's really fucking good, right? Exciting, cult favorite. 
but just a great defender. He has the body of a defender, and God damn it, if he was put in a three-man back line, he would have enough space and enough time to push up, make one of his incredible attacking runs mm-hmm. as an attacker. That's new who. Well, okay. fuck it. All right, well, you know what? If we have a three-man back line, we could put Brad Smith on the, as a left wing back, which is his proper position and we can put new who has a left center back who's a little bit free plays emergency defense and pushes the ball up towards the midfield and towards the attack god damn it that's new who okay well we we also have two really good center backs one who's a great defender in jmr and one who's a great uh passer you want to talk about a david Luiz type defender mm. that's 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 hot that's javi and it's really cool to see an mls team like the sounders adopt adopt ad, yeah adopt something like a European style, like yeah. a, like a Liverpool kind of style. This is our first time with like a. We've always been a. Four, so Just under not not fall into typical like yes, MLS tactics. Four, like fourteen to, fall back. To, you know, like this this Knock a to nigga play down. this way. I know people kind of look at it as like, oh, it's like a three back, it's a five back, mm-hmm. like. And you know it's not the most flashy, appealing thing, but, but it takes a lot of technique and talent. So much to have. nuance. You live through those wingbacks, and so they much make nuance. or break your whole team. That space behind the wingbacks can destroy your whole team. Your 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 backline's ability. Is what I'm saying, it's not easy it's not. to do. It's not, and to do it in MLS in it's a league not. that's so like kick and run and right. just out well, athleticize. M- M- MLS. Gonna... I'll, I'll say this about MLS. MLS is actually a great place to innovate tactically because. Things are so basic here, mm-hmm. so like it's a great way to learn. Okay, I mean, there's there's a couple. I don't, I can tell you, I don't watch, I don't watch MLS don't watch like that. Teams, yeah. But I know that there are teams that have like crazy formations that have like really good, the really mm-hmm. distinct playing styles. A that cool work thing about here that MLS is like the true number ten still lives still exists. This, this is the, this is the only place that a number ten. There, why do you think there's been rumors about Ozil going to DC United for right. years? Like, right, he would thrive. Because this is the last place on. This is the most professional league on earth that still uses the number ten. Even, but even Seattle's number ten, Ladero, a is still more 10. of a. Because there is a modern day number ten. Even Ladero is more of a modern number ten. Mm-hmm. He he combines modern and traditional number tens. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there are traditional number tens in this league. But Belo Reynoso, um, the number ten from Minnesota that we just saw yesterday, he's incredible. I know he was angry, and I know he was pissing him. He was he was pissed off, and he was fucking a lot of shit up. But he's really good. Mm-hmm. Lucas Delarayan, the the guy, the Argentine guy from Columbus, he's a really good number ten. Alejandro Pozuelo, one of the probably a a, a life a league changing number ten, Loki. Like it's just really good number tens, especially lately in the league. But I mean, yeah, there's there's so much nuance to the club because it's like, okay, do you put Javier Arriaga in the center, who is a really good passer, but he's also a really aggressive defender. Mm-hmm. Well, he's aggressive to the point where now he's just getting yellows just off of reputation. I kind of voiced my opinions on that. So he's getting, bro, he's getting yellows off of reputation. That yellow he got <clears throat> yesterday was literally because of who it was. Raul Paulo gave, had the same type tackle a couple minutes later, and he didn't get any. It was just a foul. So my my thing was those years that I wasn't really watching the Sounders, I would watch like one or two league games, and then I would watch the playoffs. Mm. And I remember watching Ariaga like, one or two games, <sighs> and I was so disgusted. <laughs> like, like, dude was just, like, scrambling. Was no, 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 this was just a league game. And he's just, like, scrambling out of position, like, rash challenges. Like, yeah. just didn't look right out there. And so I haven't been an Ariaga believer, and you seem to be a big Ariaga believer. 
And I, you know, I'm, a, and I'm not saying like I believe I'm right at all. I believe completely in his potential. Right. And I, I'm curious to see now that I'm gonna be watching on a more consistent basis if my opinion changes on that, um, because you know, like, well, he's still pretty young, right? Like, right. Yeah. How, how old is he? He's 25. 25. That's yeah. young as fuck for a yeah, center for, back. Especially for, for a center back, for MLS. That's like, like just entering like your final development yeah, stage. Yeah, I'd love to see him develop into something that, that lasts to like 28. Like I told right. you, I told you, I don't trust no center back under the age of 27. Right. I told Unless you. their name is Gabriel Magalhães. Okay. You All know right. the vibes. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. All right. Shout All out right, to my gunners. Hey, Wesley Fofana. Yo, there's a Wesley lot of, there's a lot of really dirty, good. Dirty, bro. Oh, my God. There's a lot God. of really good young center backs out here. For real. Shout out to Konate, Ibrahima Konate. Shout out to Dayo Pomacano. Yo, you know, we Richards, about, you know how know. we were talking about uh, Nice? Yeah. And so they had Fofana. They've gotten Saliba on loan. They have that Barca guy on loan. They, they What's grew, his name? They grew Malang Sar. Remember the same kid Sar, I was talking yeah, about? Yeah, we're talking about Sar. Um, who's the Barca guy? Who? He's got a hyphenated name. A defender, a center back John from Claire, Barca, John Claire Todibo. Yeah, yes, he's another one. He's incredible, dude. Nice knows how to pick them, yes. whether they're signed or loaned or whatever, or created, or they know like, where the talent is at center back. Shit. Like, yo, isn't that crazy? Nice might be that squad. I, th- I feel like I feel like there's all every few years there's just a there's just a team that knows how to build like a certain type of player and knows how to find like a certain type of player. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We want to talk about like Leicester's uh, scouting ability and like. They have a really good scouting team. I feel like any player that Lester buys is always a potential. Like everyone has their eye on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like to be able to, they always they're just they're very Dortmund esque in but, that way. Yeah, like, but but to be able to find like a certain position, I feel like that's always a good starting block. Like for me, I always think I it's always funny because it's like when I think of Seattle, right? Like just to take it back to the Sounders, I feel as though the thing that we create not create the most, or but the thing that we tend to get right the most is our cent- is our central defensive midfielders and our goalkeepers. We tend to have pretty good center backs, tend to have pretty good strikers, tend to have pretty good attacking midfielders for sure. But like we've always been rock solid at D mid and goalkeeper. Always, yeah. and, and what's crazy it's hard not to be when you start out with Alonzo as And what's crazy <laughs> is that like the Academy players that you see coming through the squad nowadays, when the squad is like kinda at the height of of its history so far in MLS, the players that you're seeing are D-mids and goalkeepers. They're the ones that are kind of breaking through and getting time and getting loans out and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though Nice has figured out, like, (laughs) their scouting director must have been a former center back or some shit or a Mm -hmm. former former evaluator. Like, they're... uh, I'll buy any any center back from Nice for the past however many fucking years. How many many times have they just found somebody else? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Weird niche thing, (laughs) but... Um, I guess one last thing I want to talk about with the Sounders is when I was talking to Moose last night. Shout out to Moose. Shout out we, to Moose. We, we, we quoting this man a lot. This yeah, part. yeah, yeah. Well, we had, we had a nice little conversation last uh, night after the game. and uh-huh. Your boy was feeling himself. I was feeling good, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I was going to say the last thing. I talked about how Montero, you got the victory lap with Montero. Uh-huh. It's yeah, poetic. Was, yeah. um, the other thing I'm so excited about this team is... The youth of this midfield, man. Because I another another it's example beautiful. of it's beautiful. The couple games that I watched, it's beautiful. You know, here and there yeah. was when I watched um, Leva yeah. play, 
And uh, Leo was so mature. Yeah, I watched him play when he when he made his debut. I yeah. watched that debut game, <sighs> and exciting. I was like, "Wow, Exciting. Like, so ex- like, exciting. Like, who doesn't love good youth players, bro? To watch someone grow Solid. into a role, grow into becoming Yo. a great, great player. So that's like, one of the, the coolest it, things it, you can do as a fan. It, it of It makes a club. you feel fuzzy. It's kind of like holy shit. So, so that's what I was saying. So, so as the Sounders have grown, like in stature, like in terms of like their accomplishments and what they have, right, and what they win. The expectations of the fan base has grown, but it's not in the same way that it typically would be. We, The fan base isn't typically Chelsea where it's like, this player doesn't work by this guy right now. Fuck him. Peace out. Whatever. It's not like Bayern Munich where it's like, win at all costs. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. We're going to win, 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 win. It's not that. It's not. We don't want to weaken our opponents, basically. Right? Like, we're, we're like our main thing isn't just to win now it's kind of like yo where are the youth players Mm -hmm. philadelphia has sold a bunch of youth players maybe it's not necessarily the money thing but it's like those youth players that they sold are probably going to be pretty good players in europe fc dallas is now selling players to they sell players to they lost players to shaka who's you know Weston mckinney's now playing on juventus Mm -hmm. they just sold a kid to they just sold a kid to roma they're, they're they have kids that are that are trialing at Bayern Munich all the time. They sold Chris Richards. They just sold another um, another like German, a German Nigerian kid or whatever. The f- I can't remember his fucking name, but he had like German citizenship. Shout out to him. Shit. Yeah, shout <laughs> out to him. I think his name's like Uche or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like they they're selling New York Red Bulls. Are, mm-hmm. They sold Tyler Adams. They sold Kaku. Like the center back. They're, 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 they, the sold, they sold. They sold. They sold. They sold Tim Ream as well. Like. They should have Matt, been sold Matt Aaron Miazga. Long. They sold. They sold Matt Miazga. They, you know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if like so the that's main why I kind of was saying like it's a restructure because yeah, we still got vets. This like, is the first like Rui Diaz and all those guys, but we, we have, have our midfield any is young, depth, bro. We don't have any depth, so now we have. This is the first year that we're finally going to be relying on our youth players for once. Brian Sosa has never sick. really relied on the youth players. That's why I had Walla Buana left last season because he wasn't getting any time. As, as much potential as you might have, you're not going to be able to fulfill that potential unless you play games. And mm-hmm. Brian Schmetzer likes to rely on his veterans. That's kind of an issue. Well, Moose said Brian Schmetzer always plays his young guys. You know, even Alex Roldan. You know, like he, uh, he Alex does Ro- always Alex kind Ro- of. Uh, Alex Roldan. Is he gives him chances. That's that's the proper word. He'll give him chances, but he didn't say he relies on them. He'll, he'll give him chances, but the fact of the matter is, Seattle's not getting nearly the same results. Seattle's never gotten the same. How do I say this? The only two youth players from Seattle's history that have been extremely successful are both unicorns. Mm. DeAndre Yedlin yep. has other otherworldly speed. And right. what's crazy about him, he, he went doesn't to Europe for a reason. He doesn't get injured in the same way that players his speed with his speed tend to get injured. Mm-hmm. That's two pretty good things that he right. has. He made it to Europe. It brought him to Europe. His level is, is the now second in one Christian Roldan? No, the second one is Jordan Morris. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jordan yeah, Morris yeah, yeah. has crazy fucking speed. Right? He he worked on his technical ability ability. He's a he's really cerebral. He, he's worked yeah, on his passing, his dribbling. Ever since ever since he came back from his ACL injury, he's been a completely different player. And not too many players do that. That's why I think he's a he's a he's a unicorn. Like his speed even in the US men's national team, there's there's players that there's not really any players that have his skill set. And everyone hates him, which is fine, because he's like the new Landon Donovan, which is like, I kind of understand, 
which is crazy because I hated Atlanta Donovan for staying in America, but I love Jordan Morris because he stayed with the yeah, Sounders, yeah, yeah. right? It's the fucking typical... We love to have a homegrown player. Hypocr- the hypocriticalness of, of it all, right? But it's like he was finally going to Europe. My man got injured, okay? He's out yeah. for the season. Yeah. We don't have that no more. We don't have the depth I would say, though, Chris, Christian Roldan's another example. Christian though. Roldan. Like, yeah, Christian, and, and with Christian Roldan, it's different because he wasn't, like, super influential at the I think start. The timing, and he kind of grew into this really important role. He's going he's gonna to be the Sounders cast before he retires. Mm-hmm. He is I mean, a he guy. He's one of those guys who... Sounder, like, he is Sounders he, through and through. He's one of those guys that you just gets play, better right? every like, season. Every season yeah. he gets better and better and better. People people hate him because again, Yelisman's national team's fan base is really annoying because they hate anybody who plays in MLS. But like Christian Roldan has is one of the only American MLS players called up regularly for the national team, right? Like, and he's still improving. His game yesterday was incredible. Yeah, he, he had the, a hell of a game. We, we were talking about him how and this, Alex both. We got were assists, talking about like, how this guy is always you know. in the right position, was always showing up, always making the right tackles, always making the right passes, always showing correctly for the ball. Like you know what I'm saying? And yet this guy still has enough grinta to say, Yo, f- like, like fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you up if you keep fucking with my team. Like, right. Like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my face on the line. And put it where your foot is in order to get to this ball. Like I'm gonna sprint from from the from the opposition goal all the way to my own box in order to make not even a tackle, just to shade a guy, just to just to just to shadow a dude, just to block off the option. Mm-hmm. That's him. This, this dude's blood is red green. Right, right. right. Seattle like, boy like, like, through. Like, like you keep, you play it, you dub, you play it the Sounders. Right. right. Was crazy. That's crazy because he's from Cali, but he's dead ass a Seattle dude. He's a Seattle dude. Dead ass a Seattle dude. Um, shout out to Josh Atencio. So so calm, yeah, so, so smooth, so mature. It, yeah. Holy shit! Is once uh, so, a MLS so, Pogba. Be, no, <laughs> relax, relax. You know we don't do that sensationalism. <laughs> cut, look, cut, cut. look, no, 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 no. Keep it in, keep it in. No, well, no, no, no. It's funny. It's funny. No, look, look, look. So. You could tell he was struggling in the first half. Notice how the, it's, the Sounders in general struggled in the first half. Let's be real. They struggled in the first half. We were getting pressured by Minnesota. It looked as though it was going to be a pretty close game. That was when Josh Atencio was the deepest line midfielder. We know that the deepest line midfielder is not an easy position to play. That's a whole bunch of pressure on you, especially mm-hmm. when you're a single pivot in a three-man midfield. Yeah. And you have... Fullbacks pushing up on either side. You know what I'm saying? Was, so you now I you was have talking to my guys Sanal about you our, have six guys in front of you, three guys behind you, right? And you're gonna make a 17 year old play with that position. I so. was talking to my guys Sanal about like our our team for the summer uh, at Starfire League, uh, and I was we we're talking about holding mid because those first two weeks I'm still gonna be in Pullman, uh, um, and then I'm gonna play holding mid. But we're talking about like different guys that can play it. I love. And I was like mid. the I only. I was like mid. all I care about is that person needs to be technically That's right. My favorite. Position. I was like if you like if you're gonna play holding mid or this goes for a center back too like. Mm-hmm. You can't give the ball away. Nah, not and anymore. And to put that pressure, like you, not anymore. you can't give the ball away. You can't lose the ball. You can't give a bad pass. When the forwards are defenders, the defenders have to be attackers, and, and you have to be able to keep the ball. To put that kind of pressure on an eighteen-year-old, and for him to perform as well as he does, like well, when he switched, because he switched with Raul Paulo, yeah, he he yeah. moved up a line to get in line with Christian Roldan, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're clicking. Shout out to Raul Paulo, probably one of the most underrated DP signings in MLS. In the past couple of years, because the way he changed his team, though, okay, remember when I was like, yo, 
what in the beginning of the season of the EPL season, I was like, yo, Tiago's gonna give us a whole new dimension. Yeah. Like he's gonna give us a new point of attack. Um it's it's gonna be he's gonna be again a connector. Uh he's gonna contribute to a plan B in midfield, right? That's the same thing Joao Paulo literally provides. Like right. he's much better as a deep line midfielder when Nico Ladero's up top, but he can provide that true, same pass. Is he true like D mid? He's oh, he's weird. Is he good defensively? Is what my question he is. Like, is like, he's a, he's a he's a uh, he's like an eight point six or like a six point eight. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Like he he can play that D mid role really well, mm-hmm. and he has some pretty nasty tackles in him. Would I'm you not con- would lie. you consider him? A Thomas Party type, but obviously shorter. But well, like, but he, I mean, in that style. he's really good at passing. He's really good at recycling the ball. Like he can be an eight, but he's good at the six. Yes, yes, literally, yes, mm, yes, okay. yes. I, I think he, I think he kind of epitomizes like that modern versatility that the, that the new player has. Is he really smart at like reading the game? And he's really smart at reading the game. Interceptions, um, position. He, he does get tired. Like he might last not have season, the physical aspect. Yeah, like last season, he definitely got tired and he was slow and he started getting heavy tackles, but. He's a heavy tackler. He has, he has that same kind of drive and motivation and that and that ability to yell at the team and the way Nico Ladero does. He like I guess the team that we took him from Botafogo, in Brazil, um, he was their captain and they were like it was damn near like how it would be if Nico Ladero was leaving us. Like what? When is Ladero coming back? I don't know. He he's injured. Yeah, and injured, Sounders like, injuries last a really long time. Do you know injuries at all, or no one knows? No, not at least not right now. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, as as information comes out, it'll probably be. Right now, they say he's day to day, which in oh, Sounders okay. land, well, that's hopeful. No, in Sounders, <laughs> okay, no. never mind, never mind. In Sounders land, that's yeah, not good, that's bro. Like, that's um, like Nets land. Shout Nets, but the the Sounders are one of those teams where we have a lot of injuries, and we, the injuries tend to last a long time. Whether that's because the injury is that bad or whether because the Sounders like don't give a fuck how bad the season's going they're not going to bring you back early mm. like they're that's, just that's not That's okay though like that's we love to see that though uh, Yeah and like I, I, and I still, like you said I, think, like I still think the Sounders too, can like, take a couple steps in their in their player in their like sports science and like their player recovery Sure like I like I, th- I think Sporting Kansas City and LA Galaxy and LAFC are like doing a really good I said Sporting Kansas City for a reason but they're doing like a really good job in like their Regen, regen, like they're they're resting and their and their sports science and like how they take care of their players. Sounders are an injury prone club, and I despise that part. Okay, of it, right? yeah. I want to say recently because back in the day it used to be really bad. Like honestly, the Sounders have gotten a lot better at it. But this, mm-hmm. the the fact of the matter is, it's an injury prone club. Like, a hey, better safe than sorry, though you know. And yeah, uh, you have to be. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's the deal with so like an injury prone club is a club that tends to have like a lot of it it can be a different types of clubs so like Arsenal's an injury prone club you right. know that definitely you guys oh my have God like it is <laughs> right. so bad you, for you like guys the last will, decade bro. you guys will have a rap sheet like like for like a decade bro Abu, Abu, you guys had Abu Dhabi that was like the perfect example bro, of Abu what Diaby, you guys injury Jack list was like, like share like um, you could you could literally list off every single player on that team and they had like serious like Robin Van Persie yes. bro like it's even, insane y'all even broke Cesc Fabregas and he worked and he was like indestructible I would say Cesc was one of the more consistent I was, guys. he was one of the most consistent but he yeah. still um 
Per murder soccer used to get injured with yeah. you guys, which didn't make sense. I don't understand how center backs get injured, but whatever. So, hey, shout out to my guys. Per murder soccer, wild stat, but he always led the league in passing percentage. So. Hey, fuck it. Hey, it's a fun Ch- stat hey. that I just know. Chad so. Marshall, <laughs> hey, bro. Chad Marshall used to have games where he used to have like 99% aerial passing stats for like the entire season. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so another injury prone club is like AS Roma. AS Roma is a drama club, but they're also injury prone club in that they always tend to have knee injuries at the club. And their theory is that the fact that they play on natural grass, but they train on turf. Mm. And so my thing is, you know, what if the sound is kind of like that, but in reverse, and that they probably practice on natural grass and play on turf. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because for some reason, the sound always just have this little injury huh. proneness about them. It's an interesting, interesting thing yeah. to think about for sure. But I, th- I think having the kids, like, having them come in it's gonna be exciting and the thing is with the fan base is that, like they expect to win but now the main thing is like where are our youth players and why aren't we developing them like mm-hmm. yes we understand that we're not gonna be able to win everything with the youth players but the fact of the matter is I think I think one of the the main desires is at least providing some players to Europe that'll that'll call you know mm-hmm. that'll that'll make a splash because like you said in MLS the goal is not is it's not necessarily win. just to exist necessarily it's, now it's, it's to, to move players on to that higher stage the yeah like like their com- the commissioner literally said a couple of years ago hey now we're transitioning to like so he, he so like ten years ago he was like hey we're transitioning to a new period of growth. Started with, I want to say, RSL or the Sounders, and then just exploded since then. Okay, so now this year or last year, he's saying, okay, now we're tra- we're switching tack. And now, I mean, we're still growing, but now our main goal is now we want to be a developmental league. That's mm-hmm. why they changed the DP rule. So now one of the DPs is a youth DP and doesn't hit against the salary cap nearly as much as like a regular yeah. designated player would, right? So they're, they're trying to... to to gear things towards selling players to Europe. And I'm not going to lie, it's exciting. Watching those players from Philly and New York and, and what was the other team? Dallas. Mm, yeah. Go to Europe. European teams, Juventus and Bayern Munich, regularly are at Dallas, at FC Dallas games now. Right? Like, New York, like New York, Salzburg, New York, Leip, uh, Red Bull, Leipzig. There's, there's Red Bull, so Salzburg, many players, bro. Even from like New a York. youth academy stage and they skip MLS, like, that go straight to that academies straight in to Europe. Europe. Like how many? How many? RSL has so many players in Europe right now from the youth academies that never played a single lick for RSL. All of them in youth academies right now, uh, all around Europe. Like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. They have it's. I don't know. It's it's like it's it's a really strong desire for the Sounders because it's like knowing this region that knowing that sucks the Pacific, for Jordan Morris man it like, does it does I kind of I wish he went to like a, like an EPL team like I said I said he should have got he should have gone to Wolves he would have been perfect he would have been perfect for Wolves bro Wolves would oh my god he would have been American Adama Traore he would have been perfect side, on the left bro. side oh what? man what oh my god bro I, I honestly I honestly think maybe Swansea just wasn't the team I think he would have he would have thrived. I don't know, bro. Like, cause I remember seeing Swansea Twitter and they were and they, they loved were gassed him. about they loved him, bro. Him. They loved him, but he the, just got so unlucky. But like, there's there's yeah, the other American player went home injured too, like mm. a, like a month later. So mm. I mean, is it just un- unluckiness or is it the club? That's again, yeah. 
Apparently, Swansea looks like a shit show this year. Yeah, I, have, I don't pay attention to championships. I, I, so, <laughs> I don't really know. Because <laughs> so, I won't taint my palate with Bro, that I, shit. Bro, I mean, you know, like, Arsenal will never gonna, be there. Okay. Fuck all the Arsenal are going to get relegated. I'm not going to lie, though. Leeds was really fun to watch in the championship. Leeds is the other team that you I You did not watch Leeds in the championship. There was, I didn't watch them like that, but I watched a couple. Okay, all right. Whatever, whatever. I didn't, I didn't follow them, but I definitely watched more than a couple highlights. They were okay, pretty okay, good okay, back okay. then. Yeah, that's that, that's, I think that's why I like them now, because their style is definitely translated yeah. over. Well, Leeds is damn fun to watch in the EPL. I that's think Jordan Morris could have gone to Leeds and, and thrived yeah, as well. Probably, yeah. Like the super physical, fast, yo, we need a winger, those type teams. Um, Seattle's going to be a lot slower this season. Hmm, okay. Seattle's going to be a lot... It's gonna be a lot more methodical. But see, I like that because it's a lot I think passers we're gonna, yeah, we'll lead in the into middle. the passing, the quick touch play. Like Nico that's Ladero, what I want to see in MLS. Nico I don't want to see Christian Roldan, Joao Paulo in the midfield right. is is nonstop workhorses. It's not necessarily the meat grinder that you know Liverpool is or whatever, but th- that's three guys who are smart as fuck and who do not stop running no matter what. And that <clears> was my <throat> issue, too, is, like, when I was going through the phase of watching a couple games a season, yeah. it was either beautiful European football, yes, like you see in the EPL, exactly the or, or you just kick it up to Jordan Morris and hope for the best. And that made me sick. And I love Jordan Morris. 2016 Sounders. I love Jordan Morris. Who doesn't? Yeah. Like, homegrown Sounders Academy. You love to see it. They were, they were Shout out to my guy Steve Wilson. He played with him. Like, he would tell me about him in college. Like, this dude is so incredible when he first signed and stuff. Yeah, bro. And, uh, yeah, I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see kickball in the MLS, <laughs> bro. I won't, if the MLS want to get serious, you, they got to play real you football. You don't want to see. See, look, just take it for what it is, right? MLS, I, th- I think what I like about MLS is that the basic form of football in the in the league is kick is kick and run. But, like I said... There are so many, there's so many opportunities to improvise. There's so many opportunities to try new things out. So many opportunities to try out crazy fucking tactics. I'm not saying these niggas is innovating across the world and shit like that, but it's funny because you'll see a lot of the tactics that currently rule world football mm-hmm. are adopted into MLS quick as fuck. Slowly, but I don't no, know. No, quick there, as fuck. No, I was about to say, who, <laughs> who else is running like a a three-back, five-back with wing-backs being what? the main priority of your attack going forward. Um, there's probably a You couple run teams. your whole offense through your wing-backs. There's, like, who else is doing that? There's probably MLS a couple right teams now? across Maybe the league. Maybe that's an unfair question because we both don't be watching other sa- teams well, like that. I was going to say, I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you that, right. but I will say, I will say that this, was, this always seemed like it was going to be a natural progression because the Sounders have always had, for some reason, since 2017 and 2018, Sounders have just had crazy fullback numbers. Like, mm. we just had really good fullbacks on either side. Our fullbacks were some of the best in the league the past couple of years. Okay, so now it's it's damn near like, okay, we don't have an attacking winger. Our fullbacks are now the only people right. who provide any attacking thrust. So now it natural natural progression, I'm right? for like, it, man. That's the, always, that's the natural progression you of saw football it in general in Europe yeah. right now. Like, yeah, because you see it with Tuchel, the three-man back line. You see it with Bro, Pro, even Pochettino. Barca caved, and they did that shit. Barca's done the three-man back like, line. They've, they've, they've done it a couple times. Um, z- well, that um, was the first time they did it. Was Real Madrid's just done it a couple times. Really? Okay. Like, I think so. That's something. The the three five two came around yeah, what? I th- I think it came super in vogue like what 2015, 2016 around like somehow everyone was doing a three five two but then it got just knocked out the park by Jurgen Klopp and his pressing so now everyone wants to press now and shit but I, if you notice in Europe you have to it's kind of it's it, you well pr- but pressing's now pressing's now a requirement versus a versus a, a an luxury. entire style 
right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a style anymore. That's why Jurgen Klopp, I mean, his biggest issue has been being able to find a plan B, right? Mm-hmm. We can get into that, but it, 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 that comes down to the recruitment. That comes down to his ability to, to train players into a system and, and his ability to trust his substitutions. But if, if, if you're looking now, now that people know how to press, now that everyone fit, like football is so cyclical, right? Like, the meta ha- the meta's really changed a lot in the past decade. It has. It has. I want to say I want to say since possession pressing has been the first. I would say it went t- possession counterattacking and then Possess- people yes. would, people would sit and then counterattack and now it's become pressing. Yes, pressing counterattacking. So so now everyone knows how to play. No, now that everyone knows how to press, the natural evolution is to know how to play out of the press, right? How, how, to know how to handle that shit properly and how to know how to handle it perfectly. So if your main thing is to press, okay, then you're kind of fucking up at this point. Everyone knows how to press, aka that's what we see with Jurgen Klopp and this team right now, right? But in MLS, it, it, it's a bit different because, like, you kind of you don't have the threat of relegation, so you're able to experiment way more. Mm. There was a, there that's was a something man I think MLS team. should introduce though. There was a man marking team. In the in the team in the league last season, like just played this old school, nineteen seventies. Yo, mark this man from that touchline to that touchline. Make sure he don't go to the bathroom without you. Type shit. All right, so let's talk about some Champions League. Uh, exciting week. Some decisions were made. We know who's going through to the semis now. Yep. I mean, man, don't sound too depressed, man. Like you yeah. had an uphill battle over there. Nah, it's you know what it is. It's not hurt. It's not surprise. It's more disappointment because I saw this shit coming from a mile away. Right. No. Well, we called. We both said Liverpool. I sided with you, dog. Oh no, you're right. You're right. I you're picked right, your you're side. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You right, told right. me. You know, I was. I bought in, bro. I, I bought myself. In. You know, but I you know what it is. No, you know and this is. is a mistake we both made. A lot. We both underestimated Madrid, and but, that should be rule number one hundred and one of soccer. You know Never underestimate Real Madrid, bro. You know crazy. <laughs> like, in that in that same episode, I said Real Madrid literally exists. To win the Champions right, League, right, right, and I still and we both had them. the audacity, but you know what it is you know to it is? question it's, them. <laughs> it's it's a failure on Liverpool's part in so many aspects that I can't even be mad that we lost. Like that ass, I can't be. Um, I don't under. Holy fuck! It's like it's like everything just fucking connects to its to to itself, right? So I think I just <clears> felt <throat> bad for y'all, bro. Because I would, you know, let me brag. I was three of four, but uh, I think. I think you know. I just wanted this. I wanted this for Liverpool, though, because I mean, I wanted to see Liverpool have something to fight we for. We dug the rest ourselves of the into a hole, and I wanted we, the to see way you guys we push on in Champions League. No, and the say, way we've been league. performing this season, we were never going to be able to dig ourselves out of this hole. Yeah, never. Well, that first leg is rough. Yeah, that's hard for any team. We set ever, ourselves period. up. The players yeah. played like shit mm-hmm. during that first leg. The tactics, the the, the team selection was shit. The first that that first half, but. In all honesty, you know it's crazy. I'm not mad at the players. I'm not mad at Klopp necessarily. I think Klopp has a couple issues that he needs to resolve, but I'm not mad at him. I'm pissed at FSG, mm-hmm. bro. This has been on the wall for what a year and a half. The writing's been on the wall for a year and a half. We haven't looked the same, like at, we haven't looked like the same Liverpool since February 2020. Yeah. The only reason well, we won the league because of injuries. The though. only reason we won the league the way we did was because we had that fat ass break 
Hmm. With you think that, so? Yeah. Do I? Think no, 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 so? no, 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 no. We killed. No, no, we no, fucked the league no, up once no, we came back. What are you talking no, about? No, because you guys were on pace to to go undefeated, and I was sweating, bro. I, I was like, as an Arsenal fan, I don't want to see any team go undefeated. And then what happened the right before lockdown? We lost three straight games. Oh, was that before? Yes. In I thought EPL, that was after lockdown. We, no, you guys we, were losing. No, after? no, no. We lost in the EPO. Okay. We lost in the Champions. We got knocked we out of the Champions Wolves, League. Right? Wolves was the first loss, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, it was Wolves. I was so fucking was happy. Bro, I don't even know. Bro, bro, people were like, build a statue that's of that, like Adama Traore outside that the Emirates. That's <laughs> that schadenfreude, and it's so annoying because now I'm on the end of it, and I'm like, it feels so personal. But this is the same schadenfreude that everybody feels towards the winners of, yeah, of England, yeah, yeah. right? It's inevitable. So It'll always happen. It's inevitable. Like it's inevitable. Yeah. It's just like, but it's like FSG set themselves up for this perfect fall. Yeah. These motherfuckers, I swear, I'm not going to spend too much time. We have a whole episode dedicated to, to this topic, right. I swear. So look, I'm not going to spend too much time on this book, but I feel as though, it feels as though the FSG started feeling themselves. Once everyone started talking about, oh, damn, um, FSG is the people are the people who own Liverpool, so they're technically the owner of Liverpool. I don't have a name for it. It's not like the Glazers for Manchester United. It's not Stan Kroenke for Arsenal. FSG is the owner for Liverpool, right? So that's who I'm talking about. John W. Henry, all those guys, LeBron James, all those people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Shout out LeBron. Yes. Um. <laughs> shout out the king. But FSG was was doing like the way Liverpool made a splash was doing some shit that hadn't really been done on that scale in a while. Leicester was probably the last team that bought a bunch of underrated players and took their team to to winning the league, to winning mm-hmm. trophies and shit right. like that. Liverpool Loki did that shit on a bigger scale, but they still did the same thing. They bought players who were underrated, and Jurgen Klopp developed them into world-beating-ass players. The thing is, FSG hasn't made a, a really good transfer decision in a really long time Thiago is an exception right since Virgil van Dyke FSG's kind of just sat on their ass just yeah, sat got, on their got complacent they yeah. got compla- they, they, they saw they saw all the praise that they were getting for these smart ass decisions that they were making mm-hmm. and they saw okay Klopp is fucking up Europe Klopp is fucking up England teams were talking about Arsenal specifically were like the follow, follow the Liverpool method, mm-hmm. follow the the net transfer method. You know, but, you, you sell and you buy, you sell but, and you buy, and then you eventually it pays out, and you have a championship winning squad. Like, but and then you stopped. FSG <laughs> like, stopped at buying. They stopped mm-hmm. with the buy. They saw. We Robertson, didn't really sell Firmino. anyone. You they, didn't really sell anyone they, last no, summer. No, but 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 they just stopped buying. They got two. They got two satisfied with everybody sucking their dick about the transfers and like fuck it these guys work fuck it we're, we're, it's on the thing is those guys do work all, all of Liverpool starting at 11 works really well right 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 you gotta use the, the thing is they work so well together that Jurgen Klopp hasn't chosen anybody else pieces or? no he hasn't chosen anybody else yeah well yeah yeah kind of the same thing is you got it, such it, a cohesive unit; it's hard to like. But is it switch is it, it up, is it hard know? to introduce new pieces when Diogo Jota is our most productive forward and gets minutes all over the place? Yeah, is it, I mean, it, is, is, is I'm, it hard? I'm a, I'm is it hard Jota to introduce? Stan, bro. Is it hard so to I introduce new pieces when? Team. It, <laughs> yeah, no, true, true. He's Diogo Jota is a, a real nigga, but is it hard to introduce a new player when Thiago has been our most consistent midfielder? 
He's, I mean, granted, now you're he, most productive. Granted, he's been, he's never been, he's never been a goal scorer. He's bro, never been he an assist was man. He's the never, Bundesliga, he's bro. never been an assist man. You could, you could talk to Bayern fans who've been watching him since 2013. Thiago has always been the pass before the pass type right, of man, right. that Chavi type. But he wasn't even doing that. Well. Well, Liverpool's in shambles. Liverpool's in shambles because, yes, because of the chain reaction that happened with our center back. Yes, first Van Dijk went out, and then we rely on two injury-prone center backs to be our main center backs. There are only other world-class center backs. Mm-hmm. We only have a stable of three center backs when we mm-hmm. need four mm-hmm. at the minimum. Okay, I agree, yeah. We have so many injuries that now we're, we're relying on kids and all that shit. But what I'm saying is Jurgen Klopp didn't even... He he doesn't have any depth. He doesn't he he plays the same players all the time because he doesn't have any options to yeah. play anybody else. He doesn't have the resources hmm. to play anybody else. Jurgen Klopp, his main issue has always been he he doesn't have a plan B and that he he chooses the same players way too much and he breaks players down because he chooses them game in game out. We're seeing this with Liverpool right now. I, you want to know the thing is that 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 has translated from Borussia Dortmund to Liverpool along with Klopp. It's an ownership that doesn't want to spend money. It's mm-hmm. an ownership that's cheap. Sir Alex Ferguson is one of the most successful head coaches of all time. Fact. Fuck the sport. <laughs> doesn't matter what sport. You say Sir Alex Ferguson, I, I'd, I'd trust him. I would trust him to help me win fucking March Madness. <laughs> yeah, right? no, yeah. The the consistency of this, Sir Alex Ferguson is something we have not seen in the Premier League for a long time and probably how, won't over see the Premier League how, over for however many, ever. Over like, how many decades? Damn near right. four decades, bro. Probably four? longer. Well, Manchester United was possessing a lot of success, but I want to say from the 80s, I think his last season was 2012. Wow, um, the Sir so, Alex Ferguson's from the eighties. Yeah, like what like changed? I want to I want to say I want to say United. I want to say he took over United at the like the very beginning of the eighties, nineties, two thousands, the end of the twenty tens. Yeah, I think the I think of the nineties and then the thirty something years. Yeah. The most consistent, like like right. how how do you have one coach that's able to win this many championships throughout a sport that changes as Sir fast Alex as football Ferguson does? Right? Was there is, I don't know another manager who is better at, and this is probably exactly what you're going to say, but replacing pieces in a team. When exactly. one guy goes out, he brings in another guy, and it just right on to the next championship, Nick. on to the next championship. Like He you guys, is able to rebuild teams This is so Nick Solo well. hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> he rebuilds this teams This is so Nick well. Solo with the brevity that I don't have. This is like perfect, perfect. <laughs> Because his first and rule this is also in the his autobiography, we see with Guardiola, his with first City, rule, his so. first rule in his autobiography, Bro, the that, only way you keep a championship team is by bringing in new players every season. You win a championship. The team doesn't have to change. It doesn't have to be wholesale. But you ever, if you notice anything about a championship team, especially in football, they keep their main players. And they always tweak and always and you replace know what's crazy what too? can be replaced. Is Sir Alex Ferguson got that was criticized. Fir- no, but he got criticized because he sold David Beckham, quote unquote, like early. But he made the right decision because he still filled the role. He still he won championships. He got Ronaldo. Well, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. The, I mean, but to fill that center mid role. Like, no, that's the season. Even to fill that center mid role, yeah. like even to have a guy like 
Fletcher or Carrick, Ferguson, like to fill those roles, Bra- and then uh, they just Wes become Brown. they what? become like the perfect piece for that championship Michael Carrick, team. Is, Michael Carrick was a nobody, and he's now no, he's and, not and flashy. Michael Carrick like was a, a nobody, and is now going to go down as one of the most underrated midfielders. Bro, in, incredible in EPL what he history. did for that team. Right? Paul Scholes is going to go down as Scholes-y. one of the most underrated yeah, wow. technical midfielders in, in history. These are guys that he. Who else? I, I mean, Scholes is part of the class of '96, but. I mean, I'm thinking Wes Brown. I'm thinking Owen Hart. Well, no, Owen Hart Greaves was pretty good. Um, he was pretty good. No, I'm thinking of people that he replaced that were kind of controversial. There was right. another one I'm trying to think of. I can't right now. But um, I don't know. He just kind of he did that. Like, oh, uh, Roy Keane. Yeah. He, yeah. People were mad that he got rid of Roy Keane. Yeah. And it was like, like, we're never going to be the same. And he had the falling out with Roy Keane, of course. And they had like, gone to their little arguments and stuff. And Roy Keane kind of didn't want to be there to an extent towards the end of it you get because he was so tired of Sir Alex yeah. but he he shipped Roy Keane and he was like you're done and Roy Keane was on top of the world on top of the he world. was running central he, midfields he was by himself mi- it's him so and Vieira were dogs bro it, it, like they so would weird kill teams by themselves it was so weird to me that Roy Keane to this day I've never seen someone say Roy Keane is the best central midfielder of all time mm-hmm. I always see D mid not central midfielder mm-hmm. I wouldn't I say that know. because, you know, my guy Patrick Vieira I don't exists. know. Right, right. No, do <laughs> but, your thing, right? But it's like, it's crazy because, like, I remember watching Roy Keane and I don't remember this motherfucker being a D-mid. It's like in Golo Kante, right? Where it's like, he has... Really? He, he, he well, has that, a, well, that's he a product. Has, he has... Go ahead, yeah. He has, like, a, a tendency, a defensive, a defensive ability to defend wherever he is on the pitch. I was about to say, that's a product of them playing a four four two. Like, mm-hmm. there is no traditional holding mm-hmm. mid yeah. in that formation. Yeah. You need two guys you that do You have to be able all. to do both things. Yeah, you need two Steven guys that Gerard, can do both. one of those guys but able to I do would both do, things. But I would still consider Roy Keane a D-mid. Like, he Ooh. was he was always the hard-nosed, you'll break your he fucking was, leg hard, if you talk was, to him, no, me, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, he was a yeah. bruiser. Hey, hey, by the way, I bet I bet Erling Holland plays Manchester United like a fiddle when he transfers from Borussia Dortmund. I guarantee you he We want to get into some, some, some trash talk. No, 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 Let's no, get into no, it. No, no. Not yet. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Just just because of just because of his dad. Well, I think Inca that's Holland more of a, what happened okay, with Roy Okay, the Keane, history, the history. I think, it'd be, I think it's more of a product of United's flawed defense, but um, but we've also talked about how United is like right there on the cusp. But that okay, but, but real quick, I want to. That's something I respect about Sir Alex Ferguson, and that is something that no this other manager, no other manager I can think of in history has been able to replicate. But that. but when he exactly, and Period. You know crazy? like who else can replace a team for decades, thirty something years? Replace players. You're the main scout. You're the main coach. Chips. You're the you're the you're the director of football. You're di- you're directing transfers. Yeah. You're directing loans. And that's that's the beauty of it is he ran everything. And that's when Arsene Wenger was There'll in, never be another one. And like that's that. when Arsene Wenger was in his prime yeah. with Arsenal. Because he thing. ran everything. Yeah. It was only towards the, the end of his career when people were Wenger out that because he didn't have full control. He wasn't getting the players you know he wanted crazy? to bring in. You know what's you crazy? Know, like, as much as I like old traditional football. I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary now to to separate your coach from your technical director or your GM or your director really? of football, whatever name you want to I, give him. Well, maybe because I'm an Arsenal fan and I've seen Arsenal. I almost do it see so it well. in like a Seahawks. I think like, you got to give one guy all the power because otherwise there's too much politics. You can't now. There's too much football going on. Alex, Fer- the only reason Alex Ferguson's legacy hasn't been destroyed was because he quit at the right time. 
Yeah, that motherfucker, no, and that, good that for motherfucker him. knew something, good right? Good for him he, to do that. L- like, life is about timing. Life is about perfect timing. Alex Ferguson realized that he can, like, if he worked hard enough, he could, he could figure out when to perfectly time shit. That's why he always replaced players at the perfect time. That's why he always found the right guys at the right. How many fucking Manchester United players have we seen that have revolutionized the club over and over and over and over again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had timing. He had it down. Arsene Wenger didn't have that same timing. Arsene Wenger lasted a little bit well, too long. So here's what I'll say is he was Arsene Wenger was incredible at when he had full control to bring in the players he needed. He didn't get that same control towards the end of his career. Arsenal became Arsenal cheap. F- Arsenal didn't Arsenal give him the players he needed. Tottenham. You guys fucked him. Bro, Arsenal, I mean, it's kind of a meme, but like it's kind of a meme, but Arsenal, there's the thing where Arsene Wenger went on uh, BT Sports and he was talking about, yeah, I could have had Mbappe, I could have had this guy, I could have had this guy. Like it's 10 so, names of world so class annoying. players. It was like, so he's like, annoying. Mbappe was so close to Arsenal signing. Arsenal looked at this guy, Arsenal looked at this Bro, guy. And but, what it's was not, nine, but it's nine not his fault. He identified, he identified them. He knew he wanted them. The club didn't pull the trigger. Nine out of 10 times this guy was at Eden Hazard. Say? Like I said, the we were scouting Eden Hazard at 16 years old. The club didn't want to pay that much money for him. Since when did so, Arsenal and turn into Tottenham? Changed. And that's when it changed. You know what's crazy? When they didn't Arsenal, give him the full control. Arsenal, to me, as far as I remember, Arsenal had New York City as a like a base. Like 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 Arsenal's fan base was so big that like they could claim the majority of New York City as their fan base. This is a reason Thierry Henry went to New York. Like he was fell in love Arsenal with the club. Arsenal were the biggest or they, the, they were they the second biggest club in England until of, recent history, bro. The point of what I'm like, saying is that Arsenal have been had big boy money mm-hmm. and y'all have been acting like you're Tottenham just trying to scrounge everything around yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to figure yeah, shit yeah, out. Yeah. Tottenham is now just finally finessing their way into mm-hmm. big Tottenham money. Tottenham is done. Uh, <laughs> Capital D. Tottenham are going to be in the mud for, for those five years. years. <laughs> for That's those a <laughs> fact. <laughs> That's a fact, dog. For those of you Harry who, Kane's going to hey, Man City, and it's shush, a wrap, shush. dog. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tottenham is Arsenal's arch rival. They are the Portland Timbers to my Seattle Sounders. They are the Manchester United to my Liverpool. They are the Barcelona. They are the Barcelona to his Real Madrid. Like they, they're just they don't to my mix. Real Madrid. Uh, okay, to your but, real Madrid No bro to, to, You know what I mean dog Like they're just your arch rival hey, Shout out to my don't, guy They don't Ronaldinho. mix Ronaldinho Red and white Red and white don't mix Only time Nick wants to see the color white Is on the sleeves of his red jersey mm, You know facts. what I'm saying That's like, a perfect accent color This guy hates Tottenham Hates Tottenham The Lily Whites we'll, we'll give respect to Chelsea Yeah I, I can't just no. I can't hate on Chelsea So anyway So right. like I was well, But I should we get back saying. to Champions League Like yeah. we were talking about Yeah honestly Yeah so let's talk about it So Liverpool, Madrid Let's 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 run through it real quick <sighs> So again like I was saying So because Klopp doesn't have So we've had Alex Oakley Chamberlain For how long He hasn't worked out Period And I remember period. when he first Sorry period. I remember when he first signed for Arsenal I was he so looked, hyped for him When he Man. first signed for Liverpool He looked incredible Yeah He looked incredible well, Too many injuries And that's what's so cool Is when he signed for Arsenal It was like he's a, He played on the wing a bunch But He said he was a center mid bro Yeah And uh, And he got some time in center mid But he was so young It was hard for him to break in With Santi Cazorla And Aaron Ramsey And Jack Wilshere Like he's not gonna break out Those guys Alex Oakley Chamberlain Has been there for what About four years Been injured The whole time He's been a really effective Central midfielder When he comes on But he doesn't come on enough mm-hmm. And so He's Basically think. I mean think about it Like 
the team is low-key evolved. This team style isn't the same that it was even two years ago compared to right now, right? Mm-hmm. Much less four years ago when this shit was just first start started cracking and we just bought this man. Like, it's a completely different style. So now he looks like trash because he's trying to get up to speed to a style that's outdated. So even if he gets up to speed, he still has to get used to the new shit that he's trying to learn. Jordan Shakiri, I still don't know what this man, what we bought this man for. <laughs> I still don't know what we bought this man for. Hey, hey, hey. I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna cut you off right here. Let's not get into the Liverpool rant quite oh, yet, bro. Man. Let's talk about Champions League, okay? Man. Let's so let's next week. Okay, hey, next hey, week hey, I listen, promise listen you. Listen, listen to yo. Next week I next promise week, you, you're doing your Liverpool and rant. Y'all gonna, talk about fe- y'all gonna hear me lay into Liverpool the way I want to. So Champions League, like what? I guess like final thoughts about that Liverpool game. Um. We looked really good. We were posted up in Real Madrid's corner in their box the whole time. Um, but, I mean, we looked like typical Liverpool, except our forwards couldn't finish. And it makes sense, right? Because we ha- they're exhausted. They yeah. are exhausted. Yeah. Right? We have no forwards that can fill in for them outside of Diogo Shota. Same thing with that whole FSG. I mean, I'm, I, I'll try not to get into it, but FSG has not provided substitutions or the depth that is necessary for a Klopp squad. That's the same yeah. issue that he had at Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund didn't have any money. Even compared to now, they didn't have any money. They were never going to buy him a, a deep squad. He had a thin-ass squad at Dortmund. And so I I made it a point to watch this Dortmund City game. So I missed this Liverpool-Madrid game, but I watched the highlights with you just here, just now. Lucky. And man... You had so many chances, bro. Jota should have scored like two. Like really Salah should have scored. When now should have scored. scored. Salah like, should have scored two. This was not the same team Gen- we saw in the Wijnaldum first leg. Wijnaldum should have scored one. This was not the first the team we saw in the first leg. You it guys were competitive. To you guys typical were in Liverpool. It. Right. Typical high pressure Liverpool, but and Real Madrid doesn't have to do shit. Right. All I they mean, have to do is protect their lead. We didn't score yeah. a goal. Yeah. Our a, forwards can't touch for shit. To climb for we didn't score a goal. We're, we're one of those teams where it's like, Liverpool's one of those teams where it's like, if something is too obvious, like, I don't know how to say it, like, if you need to grind something out or something is too obvious or, like, you have too obvious of a goal, Liverpool kind of capitulate mm. recently. Like, mm. if they need to keep that first place spot, they lose. That's they crazy need to because stay in the Champions League, I remember watching they, Liverpool they last season, and it was and like, it was, it was the exact opposite. opposite. Exactly. It, it was, if you needed a goal, you could and put all your money on Liverpool and get that goal. Like, it, it they didn't, were it, it didn't, efficient as It didn't look they, like we they were would winning get games. The result. Like, exactly. We would win ugly. We would win, we wouldn't buy one goal. We'd, we'd have draws that we should have never even drew. That us. Yeah. We look like a champ. Like you a just got it done. But again, bro, I, you want to, you want me to talk about this recap, but I can't do no, it no, without hey, getting we into on? FSG. Should we move on? Should we Let's move, move on? on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So bro. City Dortmund, right? Yeah. I'm a little sad because I picked. I I wasn't paying too much attention you picked, to like the, the the semifinal matchup, like who goes into what matchups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize that City was gonna play PSG, but I picked PSG and City to win it all. I gotta I gotta go PSG. Man, that second leg of that Bayern game. Uh-huh. I know Bayern had 31 shots in the first leg, but that game was neck and neck. 
Neymar should have had a hat trick mm. in like the Facts. first half, dog. Facts. Dude hit the post, Facts. the crossbar. He hit everything but the net, bro. For, like, for, for for a nigga who don't like Neymar like me, I feel felt really bad for him that good. Cause I was like, damn, he looks incredible. He should have been he able to finish. Looked incredible. Damn, Di Maria damn, looked incredible. The, the same situation with the Liverpool forward. So it's like you put yourself in the perfect position. All you have to do is finish now and your finishing boots are at home all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, you just can't finish. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how Neymar didn't score. I mean, a he was right to, there, though. Like, you, I don't, you can't criticize him too much because he was right there. My the nigga, the he missed the, three. Bro, to me, the only one I'm mad about is this one right here. This Di Maria oh. where he beats the defender, cuts it across, and Neymar is just a second late. Like, to me, that one needs to be a goal. But like, like the other me, chances, like, he's in the right spaces, uh, he's making the right movements, uh, he's hitting, he's uh, taking the shots. You know, you you hit the. It's ironic. There, it's it's ironic that the goal. Football, it's ironic that it's ironic that the chance that you're most mad at, that's the one I would forgive the most. Really? Yeah, bro. It's a split second, but a, like. But I mean, compared to. In, in, in real compared, life, in real life, he's lunging at something that's already passed. He's lunging yeah, at something that's already but gone. But to me, that's just all such other, a tap in, man. All, like I know, I know, but all his other chances that he missed is shots. Like him on goal, like he should have mm. beat Neuer. He he can beat Neuer. You know how no, to beat Neuer. Yeah, yeah. Neuer's been out here since 2012, wilding out. Like you, you should know this man's yeah. weaknesses by now. If anything, though, this game solidified to me that I believe in PSG. In PSG, I believe in them. I'll man. say this: their defense was so good. I'll say like, this for the longest time. PSG, like we said, PSG has never really seemed like they have the strongest roster selection. Right, right. But for some reason, this season, like they look as though they're really like like they actually have a squad. Like kind of kind of sort. Like mm-hmm. they got Danilo Pereira playing mm-hmm. as their D slash center back, uh, fill in for Marquinhos. He's a great player. Low key, um, um, um. Yeah, Julian Draxler started this game. That was Juli- weird. Julian Draxler. Uh, Julian Draxler's been on that team since f- fucking twenty fourteen. I know, I know. Mose but we Ken, think about, we think look, about, you remember, know, how you not gonna have Di Maria, Neymar. Well, they started Neymar at a cam this game, which was dope. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Di Maria, Neymar, and Bobby. Remember how we said? Year. Remember how? Remember how Mose Ken looked last season with Everton? He didn't score for Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. He barely played for Ancelotti. Yeah. All of a sudden he's at PSG, and now what's happening? Every time he's every time he steps on the on the on the pitch, he scores something. Maybe not this game versus Bayern Munich, but that's Bayern Munich, and he's a kid. This guy's still not even not even nineteen. Maybe nineteen. Maybe twenty. Right. Maybe. So I guess I guess going forward. I we, fuck got, with, we got I, we got City PSG. I'm sad because, oh, like man. I said, I picked both of them. But I I gotta go. I gotta roll with PSG from here on out. This is the moment we have to make a decision. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like know. Like that. Like that. Pe- huh? Look, look, look. If Pep Guardiola has learned his lesson and learns to to I stick mean, I know with I convinced you about City last no, time. No, but, but I didn't but, think I convinced you like that. Oh, bro. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. On. All right. All right. You yeah. really doubting PSG right now? I guess. I guess you did. I guess you did. No, my thing is. My thing is. Is Manchester City's always had the potential. Right. For always. me, it's always PSG's always felt further away from the Champions League than Manchester City ever has. It's just Manchester City makes dumbass decisions. Well, PSG made. We the final, just though. watched Pep Guardiola learn from his mistakes for once and stick with the same system mm-hmm. that was working in England. Mm-hmm. I told you, City's the most European they, team in England. And it, and it wasn't super convincing. They kind of scraped they, a little bit. But they still kind of got, got through it, it without a striker, it, yeah. without well, even without a girl. In I would have loved to see City versus Real Madrid, man. I it would have been, been incredible. But I will say because City have Pep Guardiola and because City have Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne, bro, 
modern. He's hurt now. Modern day Schweins. Oh, he was he the modern today. day Schweinsteiger. Today. He, oh, fuck. How long? Do we know? I don't. We don't know. What type of injury? I, so, I, I so wasn't really clear, but they got subbed off. Check in next episode for <laughs> <laughs> the prognosis on yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. But assuming, it's assuming Kevin De Bruyne plays, Kevin De Bruyne who are was, you taking though? Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, sorry, excuse me, Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne is modern day Bastian Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger is one of my favorite players of all time. Right. He is known at to I, me. To I me, love this comparison, by the way. To me, he off. was the last ever midfield general. You know, the Michael Balics, the Patrick Vieiras, the the Roy Keens, you know what I'm saying? Right. Even even Steven Gerrard <clears throat> Loki could have but been. But don't think of him as a defensive he's, guy. He's not he's not but because that was he, something it's, I, it's I, kinda of, I kinda thought of I kinda thought of Schweinsteiger as like this big no. presence in the midfield. And then you were you were he, walking no, me through the highlights because no. I forgot, bro. I really Schwein, did. Schweinsteiger used to be a winger. So complete. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like winger, Bruyne, which is but the, let's talk about his midfield. The most obvious comparison to Bruyne is the fact that he used to be a winger. Yeah, and but let's talk about his midfield days. Like so complete, yes, the, dog. The, the true, Everything. the true comparison. He does it all. Schweinsteiger was a defender, an attacker, uh, a connector. He could shake you out your fucking cleats. He could score from from Narnia. He he, he could he could find you on a long ball yeah. from 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 Timbuktu. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like he was that guy. He he wasn't the biggest dude. He was barely what six one, mm. but he was fast enough and mobile enough where he could keep up with any other type player. He was the perfect D mid. I don't know if. I don't know if anybody really watched the 2014 World Cup final, but Bastian Schweinsteiger was the best player on that mm-hmm. pitch, including Lionel Messi, including Javier Mascherano, including Philip Lahm, including Thomas Muller, like mm-hmm. including all those motherfuckers, including Sergio Ram, uh, Sergio Aguero, including Gonzalo Higuain. Mm-hmm. Including all those guys, Bastian Schweinsteiger was the number He's one best player He's on the pitch. He literally does it all. Did like, everything yeah. like technique, passing, shooting, decision making, everything. Kevin De Bruyne is the modern version of that. The modern game values more speed, and it's more of like a system based game. Kevin De Bruyne doesn't need to yell and scream the same way a, a midfield general used it's, to in the it's past. It's incredible that he, he just plays as an eight, he can play he, as a ten, he he's can a, play as a nine. Six, uh, uh, a nine. I don't know if he plays as a six. No, he can't. He, he, see? Exactly. I haven't he, seen it, though. He's super underrated defensively. Kevin De Bruyne no, no, is yeah, a yeah. physical I'm monster. I'm not trying to take that away. I just haven't seen him Kevin play as a traditional Bru- six. No, bro, bro. Oh, he's never played as a traditional six. You are correct. But he has that defensive ability that right. motherfuckers do not. Right, he's underrated defensively. Remember how you were talking about Luka Modric is so underrated defensively? Because yeah. he'll take the ball off you and he don't even look like it. That's Kevin De Bruyne. Motherfuckers think because Kevin De Bruyne is hella white, he's blonde, and he turns red within 30 minutes of a game, that this motherfucker is not physical. This dude is a tank. He's 6'1". Yeah. He used to be a winger. He can outrun you. He's faster than you. He's way better defensively than you think he is. He's, yeah. he's great with timing. He can shoot from anywhere. He can complete. pass from he's anywhere. This guy's every. This guy just played as the striker so, for Manchester City. So... So Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> FC over P- PSG? Yes, no. I will do. No. Yes, I will do. This is the same guy that said last week, City isn't getting past the semifinals. Oh! <laughs> Things change. <laughs> yeah, all right? shit it's happens. Ca- it's called growth. Yeah, shit happens. Right? <laughs> hey, I like it. I like that we got. Shit a, happens. I, I like that we have a divisive opinion on I'm, this. I'm I'm not 
too big to change my opinion. No, I for sure, my opinion bro. a lot, you know what I'm saying? Hey. I'm glad you're disagreeing with me on this because I can't wait to talk shit yeah. when I win. Nah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Hey, who was three or four this last round, though? Who? Me. Who? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Huh? But, uh. Fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that's the thing about Nick is, like, he'll he'll just let me just talk and talk and talk and talk. But he'll always have these, like, random small opinions, right? Right, and it just see, when I say random and small, it's because he puts them in as if they're he puts them in randomly, and he acts as if they're small opinions. And what's crazy is that it'll it'll actually happen. Like he'll predict some shit that will actually happen. I'll talk shit. I'll be like, nigga, what the fuck is you talking about? And it'll happen. Or he'll just say some random shit, like an observation. He had some observation about city that I can't even remember now. Bro, that, I said Phil Foden yes, has incredible finishing, finishing ability. Exactly. I said I know everybody talks about I'm his like, dribbling. What the fuck is this nigga talking but about? But Phil Foden's finishing ability to nigga. me is his biggest strength. Phil Foden is and a we dribbler. look at the goal that he's he scored against God, and then he scores the goal an he incredible scored, Epitomizes that bro. beautiful finish, incredible. I would have never seen him a screamer that shit. near post. Keeper had it covered. No, he didn't. I believe in City only because I believe in Kevin De Bruyne. My guy Raheem Sterling okay, is but- not doing well. I believe in him, but he's not doing well. Yeah, same. Um, Ilkay Gundogan is doing incredible. <laughs> however, John Stones, the Type B center back is working incredibly well with not Emmerich Laporte who who's he working with Ruben Dias who is more of a type A center back than even Emmerich Laporte to me Emmerich Laporte bro we want bro do we can we have this center back conversation cuz i want to talk about the type A type B like can you imagine Emmerich Laporte and Ruben I mean, Dias running, on the same back line we right are now. we are okay um i guess i forgot what i was talking about dude let's let's move on i guess uh I guess so. We you're taking city. We got to preface this though. Is you're taking city, assuming Kevin De Bruyne is healthy. If he's not healthy, that PSG. No, I, I'm I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be that asshole. and gonna be like, I really don't know. PSG is incredible. Low key. Are you still taking Man City am without I rooting for Kevin? Abu Dhabi or am I rooting for Qatar? I don't know. Are you still taking PSG with? Are you still taking Man City without Kevin? No. Okay. Man City without yeah. Kevin. PSG. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought you were saying. PSG's okay. winning. Period. All right, what else? What else we got? We got Madrid and Chelsea. Oh, we got to get into this. We got to get into this. All right, stick, stick, stick with us through this because this is going to be some real shit. This is going to be some real fucking talk. I really thought, I really thought. You thought Chelsea, I thought Chelsea was going to run through Porto. You thought, huh? And I was like, okay, that's cool. They're going to run through Porto, they're going to do their thing. We're both like, Huge Tuchel fanboys at this point. I like. I I love. We him. we I love, love Tuchel, him. bro. He's, Tuchel he's, is incredible. He's exciting. He's new. And and literally, I can't put it he's into ballsy. I can't put it into better words than how you said it. With Tuchel finds a system for his players and he makes it work. Well, like, like that, that is the, look, like that like is that, the best summary to. Like put it in like it's. Remember it's how so yesterday. True. Remember how yesterday. Sorry, yo, y'all, y'all should really be around when we be talking for real. But like, yeah, remember yesterday when we were talking about how Ancelotti is the, one of those one of those few managers that will will make whatever he has work. But remember how I told you in the beginning of the season, Ancelotti's not doing anything with Everton because Ancelotti only succeeds. I don't like that. I don't well, like that. <laughs> he, only, he only succeeds with the level of player he has. Okay. However, I'll I think say this. Ancelotti has overachieved. I'll though. say this about Ancelotti. He'll make whatever he has work. Right. He's unique in that. I think Tuco is a very good combination of Ancelotti's inventiveness and, let's say, Guardi. Eh, 
isn't Pochettino or Guardiola's he has event- system type? He has you know inventiveness and he has like and he has efficiency a system. Yes, he has too. He, like he he'll he, he'll invent a role within a system that he's had before. Bro, I don't know anybody in the EPL that's playing this double cam. Three slash five back system because those are and it works beautifully. Has. Those are players Chelsea yeah, has, and it works incredibly. I told you, I told you the, the only thing that might stop Thomas uh, Tuchel from from prospering at Chelsea is the fact that Chelsea has so much player power. Tuchel is not Tuchel is like that typical gamer, computer scientist, engineer, like yeah. don't, don't, you know, brilliant at what they do, don't know how to talk to nobody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The don't know how hair. don't know how to <laughs> right? Don't go outside, like can't really figure out how to save anybody's feelings type type of dude. There's a reason he didn't work at PSG. PSG is a very emotional club. They're a very prideful club. Everybody in each position has a certain amount of pride. Can't talk to everybody any certain type of way. I don't know. It sounds weird because they don't have the accredit- accreditation that Real Madrid does, but it works that way. Here's what here's Chelsea's what, different. Yeah, because their front office is super unemotional. They'll give you whatever you right. want. You just better win. Here's what I will say: is I picked Liverpool just like you last round, and Real Madrid just like curb right. stomped us in the fucking head. Yo. Yo, I I went into this let's, next leg thinking. Let's get into Zidane. I man. went into this next leg being like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm on my knees, I'm sorry, yeah. I will never disrespect Real Madrid ever again. I know they are great for a reason. And then I watched City Chelsea today in yes, the FA sir. Cup, yes, and I was sir. like, hold on, you saw how I'm Chelsea. having my second doubts, dog. I you really saw- am. Am I gonna be that idiot that picks against Real Madrid twice in a row? I don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really, I I thought I it was know. a wash. I was like, I'm not gonna make this mistake again. Real Madrid to the final. It's a wrap, bro. I'm gonna. Tuchel has these guys on another level. I'm gonna cop out, but I have a reason. I'm gonna cop out and say I can't choose anyone. No, you gotta I'm choose. I'm super dog. interested. Tuchel is like such you a tattoo. Choose. You gotta okay, choose. okay. Let me let I me get this out. I don't know what I'm gonna pick right Tuchel, now either. But Tuchel we might is well such. Pick. You gotta know we will. But let me say this right. Tuchel is such a tactical. Adapterly, he's one of those guys, Roberto Mancini, Mauricio Pochettino type, like where it's kind of like he 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 has a certain style, but he'll adopt it to whoever he's playing against. The thing is, the reason we underrated Real Madrid was because we didn't think that Zidane was gonna be able to find a way to get out of Real Madrid's uh, out of Liverpool's press and just be able to play. They dominated they us. Three, they domi- dominated <laughs> like, us three one, right? Yeah. But what's crazy and is and that's that, the like, beauty of sports too is being well, wrong. Well, like, but but think about this. But think about this. We we watched we we watched them play Liverpool, and they played a different style. Remember how I was saying Liverpool, Real Madrid was always going to be too proud to bunker against Liverpool, and low key they they didn't bunker, but they played a defensive style of football against Liverpool. And since it's Real Madrid, they did it to an incredible level. We watched the Barcelona game. We watched El Clasico. We watched them play against Barcelona. And we watched the tactical changes yeah. that this man made. Yeah, underrated. Not only beginning underrated of the game, by but in the middle right. of the game, right? We talk, Okay, so we talked about this, how there's, there's very few managers in the world that follow the Zidane kind of pedigree of like... Zidane is one of those managers. You let and the players play to their strengths. Ta- ta- taking it back to the Sounders, he's like Brian Schmetzer or Brian Schmetzer is like Zidane in right. that he will adapt to whatever players he has as long as those guys are reliable as but long as those guys freedom. are good. He will give them freedom. Right. All he does, apparently, according to the players back in the past, all he did was give them an idea 
and say, hey, this is we're going to do this, this and this in case we come to this situation, this situation or this situation. Mm -hmm. That's the most planning, apparently, that he did. He was almost like a Jose Mourinho type of coach in that he let the players do whatever attacking shit that they wanted to do. However, Jose focused on his defense so much. Jose focused on his defense and Zidane is clearly more focused on the entire game. Right. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's so so underrated trait of Zidane is his ability to change tactically yes. within certain games. Within a game, we saw within that a game in El Clasico and preparation for games. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's gonna be a, a brilliant match to watch in terms of which manager is gonna outsmart the other one. I don't think that's really what's gonna make or break it. I think. You know what's crazy? I think. I mean, obviously, Real Madrid have more quality. I would say, yeah. but uh. Tuchel's. Mm -mm. No, look. look no, 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 no. I would say Tuchel's system is so damn solid at this point. So we said, so we said Real Madrid is the last of the traditional teams, right? Like the all the other four teams are money teams, right? Mm -hmm. Real Madrid is the last traditional team in terms of their depth, meaning that whenever they swap out a player, they go down in quality, right? Their depth is traditional. Your depth, your bench is never as good as your starting lineup. Chelsea. City and PSG are money clubs. Chelsea have a lot of depth. They have, especially Chelsea, they are the type, especially Chelsea and City, they are the type of clubs that have the type of depth where you can swap out whoever the fuck you want. I don't know that the level is going to go down. I don't think the level is going to go down. So Real Madrid has something very, very, very finicky issue on their hands. They have world-class players who can execute a world-class plan who have been playing together for a, a, a number of years at a world-class level. However, they don't really have the substitutes to be able to rely on that. Lucas Vasquez is out. You know what I'm saying? They mm. and you know how much I've been loving Lucas Vasquez these last bro, few games at right. You know what's back. crazy? You know what's crazy? You said he was a pretty good right back. I said, eh, I don't know. But then Lucas Vasquez goes out against Barcelona. And all the Real Madrid fans are worried. Mm. The Real Madrid fans who were slandering this man from the second he got on with them in 2017 said, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. This guy doesn't deserve to wear the shirt. Bro, He's I was not impressed with him enough. in Champions League. I was like, wow, this man is... They want him... For, they, for being a traditional like winger, he's doing he's a, a great really job. He's a really good right back. He's doing a great Lucas job. Lucas Vasquez right is one of those guys that has grinta. He has grit. He will always run. He will do whatever it needs he needs to do to help the team win. He's one of those guys. If you don't have Danny Carvajal, Danny Carvajal has been a really good right back recently, but he's been too injury prone. You have Lucas Vasquez filling in back then, and you don't even miss Danny Carvajal. That means something. Yeah, that yeah, means something, that's facts, right? Yeah. However, Zinedine Zidane has such a good has such a good level of control over this Real Madrid team that they can play whatever he envisions. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like, like, there's definitely coaches that have visions for a team, and it never really works out. I feel like Brendan Rodgers is one of those guys. It, mm. The only reason I'm not slandering Leicester. Is because it's Leicester and because it's Leicester and they won the league at some point, right? But because it's an Aaron, because it's a Brendan Rodgers team, I don't expect them to win anything because that's how much of a choker he is. Mm. Zinedine Zidane okay, is coming not from a Liverpool that fan, guy. You know? so that's... Zinedine Zidane is not that guy. Zinedine Zidane can make this Real yeah. Madrid team reflect whatever the fuck I mean, they need to do and still look like Real Madrid. It's crazy. 
it's weird, but it's Real Madrid. They have so much quality. Now they finally seem to have a manager that has that level of quality and understands that, yo, so, certain players don't need to be told every single thing. So let's let's wrap this up. If we have to pick, who are we taking? I'm taking Real Madrid. But I was about I think, to say. But I think, ahead, I think Thomas Tuchel shows Zinedine Zidane his closest matchup yeah. this season. I th- I'm taking Real Madrid. Purely because I don't want to be the idiot who's I, wrong I, twice in I a row about tact- Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid's tactics is going to look completely different versus how it, how they looked versus right. Liverpool. I, I agree, hundred percent, completely. I agree, and I I I'm taking it purely because I don't want to be wrong twice in a row about Real Madrid. I, but, but That's I'll, disrespectful I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I think Tom. I think <laughs> like, Thomas Tuchel. I think Real Madrid escaped by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. I by think the it's gonna be. Teeth. I think it's gonna be a damn close Thomas game. Thomas Tuchel is about to I give them a hiding. Either way, one a one of these legs, I guarantee you, is going Thomas Tuchel's way. I promise you, like he he's gonna surprise the fuck out of somebody on one of these legs, whether it's the first or the second leg. I don't care. I don't care. Like he yeah. he surprises somebody. However, I think Zidane is smart enough and intelligent enough to be able to, to make you. his tweaks. And I think that quality in the midfield is gonna make the difference. Oh, yeah. Not to mention Real Madrid's natural quality everywhere. Like like Chelsea have a lot of promising well, players. Well, back line right now, but they're playing out of their minds. So. Chelsea Chelsea is Chelsea has a lot of players that have a lot of great potential, but Real Madrid has a lot of players that, that are, are just great. They're Casemiro, now. oh my god! Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't Liber- get me started. Li- Liber- dog. Liverpool <laughs> like- Liverpool dominated Real Madrid the second Champions League game, right? Like the only, our only thing is we couldn't score, right? But Casemiro, I swear to God, was the best player the whole fucking game. All right, promise. Well. What, this has been episode three. This has been episode three. We're Bona Boys. Oh, shit. I don't even... Uh, this was a long say. one, but stick with us. I promise you, we had some good stuff in this one right here, man. Honestly, honestly. I'm pretty proud honestly. of what we said. Go Sounders. Go Sounders. Excited uh, to watch the Champions League. Happy birthday to Nick Solo. Hey, you know man. What I'm thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Champions League is going to be crazy this year. I'm, I'm just... Holy fuck. Soccer is about to be so fun this year. The Sounders. Nah, I'm excited, dog. I, I don't know because the Sounders fluctuate <clears throat> so much within the league, but it's like I'm, I'm so excited off of that 4-0 win. Like, yeah. wow. It's going to be a good fuck. season. It's going to be a good season. But it's yeah. going to be an example. Like, Yeah, it's going to be a good year. That's a wrap. Signing out. Nick Solo out. Vince Scully out of here. Peace.